Welcome back to Brewtime, folks. In a sec, we'll have a chat with Tony from Man Cave Moto. But first off, I need to give you a little shout out for this week's sponsors, who are, as always, Inov. Now, Inov produce the motorcycle dash cam systems. There's the dual dash cam systems, the K series. There's a K3, which is 1080 front and rear. K5 is the one I run on the tractor. It's 4K front, 1080 rear. Both K3 and K5 have external mics, so you can even vlog. I do all my track days uh, using the K5 system. It means I can just run the mic up. I can use the onboard cameras on the bike. Don't need to worry about GoPros or anything because a lot of the tracks don't like you using them. So I can vlog. I've got all my audio there. Great stuff. They both also got external remotes, so you can mark any footage. You can take pictures. You can do all that. You can even check to make sure the system's running properly right there from the cockpit, just having a look at the remote. Great systems, folks. If you've ever been involved in an accident, the first thing your insurance will ask is, is there CCTV or witnesses? Well, if you have one of these in-off systems fitted, then you can say, yes, there is. Now, I've got a deal running with Inov and Techologic. If you head to either of them, either the Inov website or the Techologic website, I'll leave links down below. So check them out in the show notes or the vid description. If you use the code TEAPOT, you'll also get 5% off of any camera system. So a massive thanks to Inov and Techologic. We're also sponsored by Ultimate Add-ons. Now, Ultimate Add-ons, they've been a big supporter of the channel now for a good few years. They produce um, mobile phone and action camera mounting solutions for motorcycles, for pedal cycles, for all manner of different things. You pick whatever case you need for your mobile phone or your action camera, and then you pick whatever mounting solution you want. So it really is sort of mix and match. You find the best solution for you. The one I've been using for probably four or five years is the Helix strap mount from the pedal cycle section. For me, because I jump on lots of different bikes all the time, it's really versatile, so I can attach it to just about any bike out there. The case themselves, they're shockproof, they're dustproof, they're vibration-proof. I've had no issues with vibration on my phone cameras using the Helix strap and one of these cases. Brilliant stuff. If you head to ultimateaddons.com, that's ultimate with A-D-D-O-N-S dot com, ultimateaddons.com, use the code TPOT110, you'll get 10% off. So a massive thanks to them. I'm getting all the sponsor readouts out the way right now at the start so we can get straight back into the podcast in full. So the last podcast sponsor is the Influencer Store. Now, they handle all my merch over at teapot1.com. If you've ever bought any of my merch, it's all handled by Roger, Charlotte, and the family from there. It's a UK-based company. They design and create everything in-house. They've got their own embroidery machines, their own printing machines. They can do everything there at their one base. And they give me a little bit of blurb, which is the Influencer Store helps you build your brand, big or small, providing you with a solution and apparel. We help you to increase your fan base while supporting you with starting your own influencer clothing line with nothing more than just an idea or design. And there are no hidden costs. If you want to find out more, head to influencerstore.co.uk or give them an email at online at influencerstore.co.uk for more info. And lastly, as usual, folks, it's a big shout out to each and every one of you, all of you who are listening to the podcast right now, all of you who are watching this vid, a huge thanks to you. If you can like, if you're listening, if you can rate it somehow on whatever podcast platform you're, you're listening to, it's all a huge help and just 
spread the word. Tell everyone you know about the Brewtime podcast. And if you are a clan member over on Patreon, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I genuinely couldn't do any of this without you. So a huge thanks to all of you over at patreon.com forward slash teapot one. See you there if you want to get involved. Right, folks, let's get on with Man Cave Moto. Enjoy this one. Oh, are we there? Hey, we're there. Hey, how you doing? There we go. <laughs> Don't know why it was what it was doing there for a moment, but there we go. We're there. No worries, man. I've had all, I've had it all on here before. All I've I've finished a podcast only to uh, to realize I'd not hit record before. That was fun. So we had to do it again. Yeah. Good. <laughs> How's things, mate? Everything all right? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Good. How are you? Are you all good, mate? All good. Thank you very it's much sweaty. for coming on. Appreciate it. Tell no, me about it's fine. it. Lovely. It's absolutely boiling. I've got the studio lights on as well. It's just. It's just unbearable. Let me turn this one. Yeah, back. it's really. It's not that. It's just humid. I think it's that's the trouble. We, uh, this this little office is south facing in yeah. the house, yeah. and it's upstairs, so it's in the top corner. It gets the sun all day. Exactly. So even with the blinds <laughs> shut, it's still like a like a Turkish bath in here. Without all of the Turkish bath activities you'd expect. <laughs> what naked men doing stuff to each other? Yeah, they're in the other room. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Listen, do you have a tipple of choice? I do, yes. Excellent. Oh, look at that. What's that you're on? It is Delirium, Ooh. which is a... Belly Rub. Which is a Belgian beer. Delirium. Right, it's, delirium. Um, I don't... My daughter spent a year studying in Ghent in Belgium. Uh-huh. And so when we would go and visit, we would try lots of different Belgian beers, as you do. And this was one of my favourites, uh, particularly now as they sell it in Tesco's. You're blaming this on your daughter, on your daughter's mm. education, Tony. Exactly, yeah. Good, good, good lad. My kind of father. <laughs> but I don't drink that much, actually. In terms of volume of alcohol, I don't I don't drink that much. So I'll stick with an 8.5% beer and just have a nice, <laughs> just yeah. do it that way. I remember when when Belgian beers started to come into the UK. It's like the mid nineties, wasn't it? And I, yeah, I was yeah. at uni, and I remember like Leffy and all that started to be set, uh, sold yeah, yeah. in the bars, and they'd come in those great big glasses, and it was like dirty dishwater, wasn't it? Really cloudy. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, yeah. we're knocking it back like it's like it's blooming ten, it's eighty shilling and stuff like that. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> like end it's, of many a good night. <laughs> it is proper falling down water, isn't it? I know oh, yeah, we, yeah. we went for a ride with some with some friends over to Bruges. Uh, earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and there's a little bar called it's called Lagar, and they do their own beer. And right. you get the your typical little 25 centiliter, you know, glasses. And you think, oh, that's fine. You're sitting down, they give you a plate of cheese, and you're drinking the beer. Yeah, and it was only on the fourth one when we we're all starting to feel a little bit weird that we realized that their own beer is 11 percent. Yeah, and we just yeah. necked this stuff in about an hour, and we were like all struggling to get down the stairs. Typical Brits, isn't it? Yeah, you knock it yeah, back. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. And you, and you, you look inside, and, and then there's like couples having a nice yeah. evening, just like gently sipping a beer, <laughs> and we're absolutely bladdered. Yeah, mm. nothing wrong with yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. dude. Um, we've actually we've met what once, twice before. I think not many times before. Uh, a couple of times, I think we met once at a track day at Brands Hatch, yes. very briefly. Yep. Um, which was a, uh, it was a Bennett's thing, I think. Yeah. I was there yeah, yeah. observing, actually, as opposed to riding. Well, you're not um, out. And then we bumped into, I think, yeah, ABR Festival. ABR as well. Last yeah, time, yeah. yeah, maybe a couple of other times, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah. Long time um, viewer, first time caller, as they say. <laughs> 
your channel is is blowing, man. It's going really well. Yeah, it seems to be doing well. It's it's been a slow burn, really, because it's been mm. going about eight years, maybe. Wow, um, really? But, yeah, it's been going for quite a, quite a while, but I never really initially. Uh, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just filming on a GoPro with no yeah. external microphone. Mm-hmm. There was lots of ums and ahs, and I didn't I didn't know how to edit or anything. So um, sounds it's, familiar. I've just been honing it over the over the years. Definitely. Um, you used to be called Views from the Man Cave, didn't you? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember seeing that, and then like your rebrand, Man Cave Moto, with the new logo. It's like that popped off, and wow, it was really striking. Do you think that's yeah, had a correlation to to growth? I, I, potentially, yes. I think. Mm. Um, I think it's. I never liked the name Views from the Man Cave. It was one mm. of those things when I started the channel. I had no idea where it was going to go. I had no idea what. Um, uh, what I was going to do with it. It could have been bikes. It could have been barbecues, it, just anything really. It was just yeah. kind of a bit of everything. And it became apparent it was, it was going to be motorcycle based um, over time. And uh, so the, the, the original name came because I was in the man cave. Somebody had given me a, a sign that says man cave. And that in itself is a little bit cheesy, but um <laughs> Uh, but but that's it is what it is, and so I went with views from the man cave because that's what I was doing. Um, I never really liked it; it was too long. It didn't make any sense. It didn't give any indication of what the channel was about, and I struggled with it for a long time. I didn't know whether the name actually mattered because I'm sitting there thinking, well, actually, I watch videos, I watch YouTube videos, but I don't really care what the channel's called. Yeah. Um, so I'll watch it based on the content. And it's that thing, you wrestle with it yourself as to whether mm. this is going to be a good idea or not. And in the end, people knew me as the Man Cave or Mr. Man Cave or mm-hmm. whatever it was. So I thought, well, the best thing to do is to leave that bit in, which is the bit that I didn't really want. Um, and then just tag Moto in the end. And it's shorter, it's sharper. It's, you know, a bit of alliteration is good. Yeah. And um, and yeah, it seems to be, it hasn't, certainly it hasn't halted the the, the growth um, if anything, it's possibly improved it slightly. So, brilliant. I know exactly what you're saying because when I like Teapot One for me was that was I'll mention it straight away, folks. That was the world trip. That was that's what the trip was called. And, and yeah, yeah. like for me, when the trip ended, that was the end of Teapot One. You know, it's it's done now. Maybe if I did another one, I'd call it Teapot Two, Teapot Three, that sort of stuff. Right, okay. But, um, yeah, yeah. And I, and I sort of re, I remember I sort of had a couple of years off and then started to think, what am I going to do? What, what's what's going to be next? And I, I think I called, I think I I rebranded. I started a channel called Moto Hub, which was going to okay. be what what this is. And yeah, yeah. a load of my mates were just like, why why are you doing that? Because you've already got you've established a brand, and, and they were like, it doesn't matter what you call it. it, it no, exactly. You can call it anything. People are joining for for you for the content you produce, and I think yeah, I think they're right there yeah, to yeah. be honest. But your logo, your logo, definitely to me, I think your logo was the first thing that struck me, and I think that was on something like Instagram. I think it was maybe okay, Insta yeah. when it when I when it first hit me, and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" Not realizing it's it was just a rebrand. It was like, "Oh, what's, yeah, is it, this new?" It was the same sort of thing that I had. I just had views from the man cave within it, and. Um, mm. And then it was uh, it, the whole the whole idea with the rebrand was to the names kind of similar the logos kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully people won't notice, and 
and nobody seems to have done that. It's easy to obs- you know what it's like. It's easy to sit and obsess over subscriber Massive. numbers and things oh. like that. Um, and actually, what I decided to do is just concentrate on the content and and um, and it, the thing is, it's my. I think my content is a little bit all over the place, so it's not consistent. When you look at some people. Um, you know, look at the channels and it's a very consistent kind of content. It's the same kind of stuff over mm-hmm. and over again. And people go back to that because that's what they like. Yeah. And I've, I've never, not that I'm not taking it seriously, but I've never kind of, I didn't want to become a YouTube star or a celebrity or anything like that. Not that I am, but I didn't want to, that's not what I was trying to do it. I just mm-hmm. wanted to put out some content in stuff that I was interested in. I thought other people might like. Yeah. And, and I've kind of stuck with that. And and do you find you still have the passion for it? You know, eight years on, do you still have the passion and enjoyment for it? Uh, yes, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you know, it's like sometimes you're like, oh god, I've got to do this, and and mm. particularly if I'm doing stuff in the garage, if I'm if I'm doing some uh, fitting in some installations, because I know I've watched you with the in of stuff and and yeah. that and the very in depth installation videos that you do, and sometimes I I just want to get on and fit it. I don't want to have 100%. to. Yep. Set up a camera, move the camera, move the lights, record a bit, change it, do it, find a good yeah. spot. You end up a job that should take you an hour ends up taking you three or four hours. Yeah, it's like the whole um, afternoon, isn't it? Or the whole day yeah, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes that's just, that can be just a little bit, you know, I just want to yeah. just fit this part to the bike. Yeah, um, yeah, I, that, yeah no, I still enjoy it. I, I love riding bikes. So it's, it's, you know, the opportunity to do that and and just to challenge myself to try to do different content. Mm. Um, I'm going to have a go at some some moto vlogs, a bit of travel stuff as well, mm. and just kind of mix and match it. I think the bike, bike reviews I enjoy doing, but there's, there's only so much you can say about a bike, really, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And and there's no there's no shit modern bikes, are there? They're all pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, do, yeah. Do you get... Do you get flack for that at all? Like you, you never, you never do. I, I often get feedback. Feedback's the wrong word. Um, you pick up on the one or two negative comments, don't you? If you ever read comments and stuff, you pick up on yeah. them. The overwhelming are always positive, but you pick up on the negative. And the the sort of common negative is you never seem to give a bad review of a bike. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. Th- there aren't bad bikes out there really anymore. Certainly from the big players, there's not bad no. bikes out there. It's yeah, I I, I I get that. I was saying I had somebody a, a while ago saying this is a terrible review. You've 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 not said anything negative, and I'm going. It does, doesn't have to be negative to be a review. Mm-hmm. And I try to detach my. Obviously, you're always giving your own opinion, um, yeah. but you. I'm trying to detach myself away from that because I might look at something. I don't know. I might look at my own bike, KTM 790 Adventure. I don't think it's a particularly nice looking bike mm-hmm. um, in terms of aesthetics, but I know other people love it. So I'm not going to say, oh, this is a bloody ugly bike and it's really horrible and blah, 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 because what I don't like is exactly what somebody else might like. So I've yeah, always tried to absolutely. detach myself away and say, well, this is the positives. These are what I think are the negatives. This is what I don't like. This is what I do like without kind of trying to. Um, trying, I'm not trying to be controversial. Yeah, there, there was a few people out there that I've seen that do that. Um, I'm not going to name names. But, well, I might name names. Do it. Um, do it. But, oh, actually, no, not bad. Good, good, good channels. But people like I don't know if it's, I'm assuming still going, but I haven't seen it for a while. Shade Tree Shirt Surgeon. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen that guy. 
and it puts out good videos, but they're always, you know, 10 things I hate about this and why mm. the, I watched one. I remember one, he did one on the Triumph Bobber saying 10 things I hate, why the Triumph Bobber is a terrible bike or something. And actually the video, he was saying, this is really good and that's really good and this is really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. But it was a bit like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and that's just the style that people do. Yeah. And I think people assume that if you don't slate something, particularly when you're doing gear reviews, I think a lot of people will go, well, they've given you that, so you're going to say something good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, no, the, the whole channel is about reviews. It's not. So I'm not swayed by somebody. Give, I've got, if you can see back there, I've got well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, eleven helmets at the moment. Jesus. I can't wear 11 crash helmets. Uh, so somebody giving me a shiny new helmet isn't going isn't, isn't gonna to influence me because it's like, well, I'm not sure of crash helmets. Mm-hmm. Um, I end up giving them away or, you know, I've got quite a lot of friends. If somebody's got the same size head as me and I've, you know, off you go. Yeah, take it. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of stuff goes back as well. People just assume you get loads of free stuff and some bits you do, some bits, you, uh, but some bits you don't, some bits it goes back and, you, you've just got a sample to work with, but you, yeah, you that's know. it. Yeah, you do the review and then that's it. Yeah, it's only things like helmets, which most most manufacturers will say, Well, actually, we can't do anything with it. Um, I had a couple that have gone back where I think one went back to Arai, um, and they were going to cut it in half or something. So, yeah, you know, all right, whatever they need to do for their stuff. But, um, yeah. yeah, I've only ever had two lids, I've only ever had I got the Rurok and I got uh, what was the other one? The LS2. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 is it the Explorer or something like that? The, the, oh, okay, the, the, yes. The yeah, yeah. Sport peaked one. Yeah. I saw that at the ABL Festival, actually. It's, it looked mm. like a good lid. It, it, it is. Uh, I think there's a new version come out, but the one I had one a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, and the, the only real issue I had with it was that the peak, the peak sort of tapered in quite pointy wise and it just tapered okay. in a little bit too much because it would let the sun you know if it was if it kept the thickness it had at the base if it kept that all the way out like if you look at the shoeys that yeah, peak yeah. sort of is uniform it, it stays out square, and cuts in. Yeah, whereas yeah. this one the, the LS2 was quite pointy and I just found it it sort of defeated the whole point of having the peak because you just get blasted with sun sometimes when you're out riding yeah 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 and that's that's really the main that's the main reason for the for the peak isn't it it, well, well, yeah, yeah. That, that and to keep all the crud out your face when you're, yeah, yeah, if you're one of these mad people that goes off road, yeah. Which you do, don't yeah. you? You like a bit of yeah, off-road. not very well though. If you, uh, if yeah, you... I saw it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and actually, I did trash. Uh, I did trash the. I had an Aero Commander helmet, uh, which I really like. I, I had one to test, and it became one of my favourite sort of adventure style helmets. Mm-hmm. It's quite light. It's got good ventilation. It's got drop down sun visor. All those sort of things. It fitted me really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that, the, the little crash I had at uh, ABI, I ran it along a chain link fence, which was beside me. And it wasn't until I got back and took it off, I realised I'd, I'd chipped all of the paint out and it'd gone down to the carbon fibre. Oh, no. Um, and I'm kind of like, that's probably not a helmet I should be wearing anymore. You need to contact the helmet inspection company. You need to speak this is with Martin. True, actually, yes. Send it up to him. I'm sure I'm sure they would love to do a little test on it. For yeah, sure. that'd be good because it's there is obvious there's an obvious um it's one of those things there's an obvious damage to the shell. Yeah. But it, there wasn't really much of an impact in terms mm-hmm. of deforming the EPS or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, that'd be interesting to see what they make of that actually. 
Well, Martin does listen to the podcast, so um, oh, okay. Drop, I was just, I just, I've got a pad. I was just going to write that down, but there's no somebody's <laughs> run off with a pen. It's, it's quite easy. It's the Helmet Inspection Company. Okay, I should be able to remember that. <laughs> yeah. So if you need a helmet inspected, depends how many more these go. If there's a company that do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if I think right, of um, what is the name of the company that does helmet inspections, I know. Yeah. Mm. If only they I made it easier. Should be good. <laughs> Yeah, actually, no, I will do it because uh, I'd be interested to see what they make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, cool. I've I've had a few people since since Martin came on the podcast. There's been a few people who've taken their lids or sent their lids um, up to the helmet inspection company, and they thought the lids were done, but they've actually been tested and they're all right. So you know, oh, okay. they've effectively they've got four, five, six hundred quid lid, and they can still use it rather than having yeah, to go yeah. and buy a new one. Yeah, it might be a case that you, you could just it. put some, you know, a little bit of resin or something on the outside mm. of this to, to stop yeah. it from kind of spreading. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'll check that out. It'll be an interesting one for them to um, to have a look at and see what they make of it. Definitely. I, I've never I've never worn an uh, an arrow. What are they like? Like they're good they- actually. I was surprised. It's uh, and I was very surprised when I put the video out because I I'd, I'd seen it. I'd seen them a lot, but I watched quite a lot of motocross. Mm-hmm. Um, and Supercross, and they're a, they're more of an off-road motocross kind of name. Yeah, and after it scores, I live quite close to Stansted Airport, and it's obviously I've not heard any plane noise at all today <laughs> with the windows open. And typically, but if I shut the windows, I'm going to melt. So I'll leave yeah, no worries. Well, I can't um, hear it anyway. But yeah, Aero, the Italian company, um, really nice helmets. I think um, it's when I put the video out, it didn't really get much response. So I put something in the community channel just to say, just interested to find out what people's views are of the brand, but because it didn't get you know much of a much of a, an initial response, and most people hadn't heard of the brand, or a lot of people hadn't heard of the brand and assumed it was a budget brand because a lot of people mm-hmm. said, "Well, I don't do budget helmets. Yeah. I'll wear an Arrow or a Showy or AGV or whatever it may be." Um, but this is a three hundred twenty nine pounds. Adventure helmet. So that's mm. for me, that's not really budget. Oh, it's like middle of the range, that now. Kind isn't of it? middle of the range mm. stuff. Um, and yeah, I just found it fits very similar to a showy in terms of head okay. shape. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just found it was it was light. I, di- I got very little wind noise or buffeting on it from it. I think because it's got quite a deep pointed chin guard, very motocross style chin. Yeah. Uh, bar yeah and i don't know if that makes a difference that it's less blunt than some of the other ones so okay um but i found that whether i'm riding it on my bike a lot of i had uh, an africa twin that i was riding it on and i jumped on and off of a few bikes uh and actually it was proving to be less noisy than a lot of standard road helmets hmm. um yeah and i just it was just one of those things it fits me nice it's got a drop down visor which is always handy um i like the fact of being able to ride with a clear visor and then if you do get hot, popping the visor up, but still putting a drop down yeah, down yeah. Oh, just oh. to protect your eyes. I don't like wearing sunglasses with helmets um, mm-hmm. very often. So, um, but yeah, really nice, really, uh, a really nice lid, uh, uh, a good price. Yeah. Sounds it. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, um, we, we, we kind of, can, after this, I can give you the details of the distributor. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Networking, networking. You yeah, see exactly, what it's all yeah, about. Yeah. Um, Tony, we sort of dived straight into conversation there. Yeah. Uh, f- forgive me, folks. Tony, if there's anybody out there who isn't aware of Man Cave Moto, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, the channel, and what's it all about? 
Yeah, sure. Um, well, I started the channel largely because I couldn't find the sort of reviews of products that I was looking for. So at the time, I was looking at various things, crash helmets, gloves, whatever it might be, and all I could find were the manufacturer's own videos, mm-hmm. which obviously they're going to say it's the best thing since sliced bread, or it was um, uh, a retailer who was trying to sew you the, the, the lid. And generally, they would be in a room with a helmet saying it comes in these sizes, these colours, and it's got this and this and this. And I always do that sort of technical overview. But at the time, I wasn't seeing anybody wearing it, out mm-hmm. riding in it. It looked like they'd just taken it out of a box and were giving you a review of its features. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's not really any good. So I decided to start doing them myself. And as I was buying items, I was reviewing them and putting them up on the channel. Um, and it started to pick up from there. And then companies get involved and they start to, you know, I ended up working with uh, Moto Legends. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you know the, the, the shop Moto Legends. So yeah, uh, I would go down there, pick a few items out. Um, and and then Chris would either get me a sample or I'd do something with the items that we had and 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 that kind of worked for a, for a while and then that stopped that kind of stopped happening they wanted to go their own route with with their own YouTube channel and stuff yeah um, and by that time I'd I'd made enough contacts that I was starting to get the bits and pieces come through to review which was very good uh, in 2016 I bought a Triumph Street Twin. And being the person that I am, I got it home, and on the first day, I, after riding it, I said, "I don't like. I don't like the the, the headlights around is silver. I'd like to paint that. There must it must come apart." Um, so I took it apart and uh, painted it and made a video. And, and Street Twin owners jumped in on that and went, "Right, okay, I didn't know you could do that." Mm. And that kind of snowballed from there. And that's probably where the bulk of my subscribers initially came from. Okay. Um, because at the time, the Street Twin had only literally been launched, and I was, at the time, probably the only person that was putting any videos out around modifying or watering or doing yeah. stuff to the Street Twin. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what grew the channel from there. So I ended up doing gear reviews, um, modifications, and simple bolt-on accessories and those sort of things, mm-hmm. and then started doing bike reviews, and then that picked up, and then, as you know, you kind of get to know people and you get put on the list for the press fleet and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's just kind of rumbled on from there. And that's so I've just continued to do that. I don't do it full time, although I do it a little bit more now than I used to. About four years ago, I was made redundant from a job, couldn't get back into that career and then decided to, to turn my back on it and, and go down a different route. Mm-hmm. Um, and so working in the creative industry, through a pandemic freelancing is is not a, not a great thing to do <laughs> that was pretty scary and it still is pretty scary Tell me um, about and yeah. I've, i find myself working seven days a week to earn a fraction of what i used to earn in my, in my old corporate job mm-hmm. um but apparently i'm 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 easier to live with and i'm a bit happier according to my <laughs> wife and my children basically that's exactly what my wife says to me now now i've i've left the old bill she's just like you you know you're just such you're such a more chilled out and easy to live with person and i genuinely didn't think i was stressed or moody or anything before but no same 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 here i think but the last probably the last year in in the career i worked in finance uh for 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 a number of years 
And the last year of that, there was a, a takeover with another company and it got very mm. toxic. Yeah. Um, and I think my wife could see myself, my health, physical health and mental health deteriorating mm. um, quite drastically in that last year. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and she was, she's been, she's been fantastic. Actually. She's been the, the person that's, that's just accepted um, that I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And she works full time, which is which has been obviously very handy. And I try not to to kind of put any pressure on her, but she's just been absolutely fantastic in saying that. Just kind of sort yourself out, do what you need to do. Yeah, um, and it's been a bit of a journey of discovery in that sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, it has. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm pretty much identical, mate. Exactly the same. It's. I, I love. I love my life now. I absolutely love what I do. But it's that the financial insecurities of being self-employed. It, that's what really gets me. Yeah, exactly. It, literally, it's like it's not even every month. It's daily. Daily, I'm sat here thinking, Jesus, can I can I keep doing this, or am I am I going to have to get a proper job? Like, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're constantly exactly. thinking, shit, is there going to be enough money coming in this month to cover what's yeah. going out? And you're like, oh god, no, exactly. And, it, it, and I, I, you know, I uh, I kind of do this. I, I um, so alongside YouTube, which I'm starting to take over more of my time. But I kind of write a uh, copy for a number of publications and online mm-hmm. magazines. Uh, I've got a background in photography, so I studied that at college. I used to do some sports photography for the national press. Right. And so I still do a little bit of that. Um, I do product photography and a few other bits and pieces as and when that comes through. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I worked, I, I was friendly with the guys at Goldtop. Who make the if you know the gold top England who make the leather jackets and they make retro style right classic leather jackets and gloves and everything else and it's a brand that's been around since 1951 mm. um, and I've known those guys for a number of years I do all of the photography of the products for their website right and uh, they opened a shop last year um, and they're working full time so they said we need we need to find somebody to come in and get the shop up and running. So I started doing that, and um, a year later, I'm still working every Saturday and Sunday in the shop. Um, you've got to is, do what you've got to do, though, mate, haven't you? Yeah, you know, exactly. And it, but what was good is that that gave me – it wasn't a lot of money, but it gave me uh, a consistent earning mm-hmm. because the freelance was all over the place. One month, you'd get three or four jobs yeah. and you'd, you know, or more, and you get a decent day rate, and it all come through. And then the next month, you'd have one or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so having this um, uh, has just kind of helped that. It helps support what's going on. Um, as you know, earning money out of YouTube is not easy. People assume that you make a yeah, ton of money. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you're just relying on ad revenue, yeah. I think it's- you can make you can make incredible money on YouTube, hmm. but and and you can make very good money. You know, as in you know, you can be on in a good couple of grand multiple grand even in the bike sector i know people are earning good money every month just off of youtube but in order to do that you need to be having big views you know you need half a million bare minimum half a million um a month if you can get a million or more views a month then you're then you're talking you're going to be start earning some good coin there yeah exactly um, i just find like I've said this time and time and time again. My my lot will be bored hearing it, but I the content I like to make is the trip stuff. You know, it's the travel, yeah, yeah. the vlog type vids, and they just don't get views. Whereas the bike reviews, they get they get the views. But I just yeah, yeah. I don't want to be a channel that is just churning out bike review, bike review, bike review, bike review because it no, no, no. 
it's not what I want to make, you know. So you yeah, have I to find. Yeah, and some people do it very well. Like, uh, people do it really well. So, um, so Rob or Moto Bob. Um, yeah, I've known yeah. Rob for quite a long time. Actually, I met met him once at the. I met him a long time ago at um, the Bike Shed Show, and I think I had about ten or eleven thousand subscribers. He'd just started, and he had about four or five thousand. Yeah, and he was like, you know, what what can you give me some tips? And I was like, no, because I don't really know what I'm doing. So. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and then he just found the niche, and it's it just went. And it's gone it, from there. It was incredible. I, I think I had Bob on here when he had about ten or fifteen thousand subs, and yeah, we yeah. just like me, myself, uh, sorry, me, TMF, Lamb Shops, and Rich. We have a little WhatsApp group, and um, I think it was, I think it was Andy actually. Andy said, "Have you seen this bloke, Moto Bob? He's flying at the moment." And yeah, yeah. I was like, "No." And I had a look, and I was like, "Shit, these videos are really good." So, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. He's, he's good. He's he he. He very much treated it, I think, like a business mm. after a while. And he was very determined that he wanted this to be a big success. Yeah. And he kind of planned what he wanted to do. Whereas I'm sometimes now still thinking, shit, I want to put I want to put a video out on Friday. It's yeah. Monday. Um yeah. I'm gonna do something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes and I, I get ahead of myself. And then you get a bit too brave and think, oh, I'll put two or three videos out this week. Yeah. And you go, oh, yeah. shit, that's the next three weeks' worth of content that's yeah. gone out. Uh, but he is like a machine. He works really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he puts so much time into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's good to see, you know, that pay off and and, and, and people do well out of it. It's, um, it is a big fact. It's interesting. I speak to a few people who kind of think that, well, there must be some kind of uh, – uh, tension between the people with various channels and and you don't give information away and all that kind of business and and actually genuinely genuinely i think most people want to see people succeed that are doing this mm. because we're all doing the same kind of thing um, exactly yeah and we all want people to 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 get on I, I never look at people and go oh jesus christ they've got loads of subscribers and i'm not doing that mm-hmm. you always have those moments of of self um it's self doubt uh, and self criticism. Yeah, it? when you think, well, am I doing get. the right thing? And yeah, but actually, I'm you know I'm really chuffed that you know Rob's done what he's done, and and that's gone from there. And you look at everybody else, and it's like, well, we'll swap contacts or information mm. or bits and pieces, you know, and 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 go go at it that way. I think yeah, it I is just it's more of a community than people necessarily think it is. Yeah, definitely, and and it's not it's not a, a big niche the bike sector you know even globally i've, I've had like chase on two wheels on here before yeah, and yeah. um it's the same over there you know it's <clears throat> it is it is a very small little network within the youtube frame the, the bike sector for sure and i just find that you know you, you get somebody like you get someone like moto bob that, that that although he's been working hard for a long time it, he's had this huge spike where he's just like burst onto the scene and it's just going and going and going. Well, that that brings a whole load of new people into our little pond, doesn't it? And then at some point they're going to be like, Hmm, I wonder what else is out there. Or like one of your vids, one of our vids might pop up on the sidebar because it might be connected with something that Bob's doing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you will, you will gain off of other people's sort of momentum, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, and I'm still finding people now that I'm that I'm seeing that I thought I'd never heard of these, and they've got hmm. you know 60, 70, 80,000 yeah. plus subscribers. Yeah, but, well, I've never, I've never, I've never seen that before. But I, yeah. I, and I still don't necessarily understand 
the vagaries of the of the YouTube algorithm um, in terms of what works and what doesn't work. And and because I, I bumped into quite one of the things working at the Gold Top shop, I get people come in the shop and they go, oh, I recognize you. And then we get into a conversation. They say, well, I haven't seen one of your videos pop up for a couple of months. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm still doing a video or one or two videos a week. So mm-hmm. I don't know what the what the problem is. So, And you find that I've done videos where you get a really good response. And it's one of those things you get the little one out of 10 and all the little fireworks going on on your, on your YouTube oh, yeah, yeah. page. Um, yes, I've nailed it. Yes. And it gets pushed out to lots of people. And then the next video, nobody's interested in it. <laughs> yeah. And YouTube just Three goes, well, that's crap. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to. Sh- and then when you put another one out, they go, well, I'm not going to show that to me because the last yeah. one was terrible. Yeah. Um, and that's just you know, something you have to live with. Um, it can be frustrating when you do two or three days of filming and two or three days of editing and you think this is really good. And you put it out yeah. and like 500 people watch it in the first 24 hours and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> Been there. Yeah, yeah, Going yeah. there at the moment, actually. Channel is, is, Are you finding it, numbers falling off a bit? Massively at the moment, yeah. They, they, they've changed the algorithm. They have changed the algorithm in the last oh, few okay. months, and um, it's definitely it's definitely hit my vids. I had a I had a massive spike when I did I did two bike safe vids, and they did fantastically well uh, for me. They did really well. Yeah. Um, I did that first one, and you get the old, as you just said, you get the number one with the old explosion next to it. And you're like, oh, happy days. And then I had another vid coming, and I thought, awesome, ride the coattails of that. Because they always say that, don't they? Just yeah, yeah. niche down. If you find something that works, niche down and do more and more and more of it. So I did the second one, and it got about 20,000 less views than the first one did. I'm like, it's only a week later. Uh, and then I've never done any more, to be honest. I should have, I did a day out with uh, rapid training. So okay, I should yeah. have. I should have had that video ready to to go and then posted that out like on the third yeah, week, yeah. you know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I didn't. That's still got to come. Yeah, it's it's, it's difficult to, <clears throat> to kind of because I know I know sometimes I will get particularly with product reviews. I'll get a product review and I'm like, I know this is going to be quite niche, mm-hmm. but I like the product and I think it's I think it's a story that's worth telling. And the company have been good enough to provide me with a sample or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but I know actually it's probably only going to get a few thousand views, but, but well, I'll put it out yeah. anyway. And then you yeah. get surprised. I mean, the most watched video on my channel or the most viewed video is the Honda Rebel 500. Right. Which I never would have expected. Wow. Um, really? Yeah, really, and I put that out, and it's—I'm not saying it's a poor video. I did it, and I uh, and I changed the style slightly, and I don't still don't understand if it's what I've done or whether it's it's the bike. I, I I get the popularity of it. It's a it's a bike that's probably got more global appeal than a lot of other bikes, mm-hmm. um, in the sense that you know it's big in Southeast Asia. If you're buying a 500 cc Rebel. And your most of your bikes are one two fives or two hundreds or two fifties. Yeah, it's kind of like having a big cruiser, mm-hmm. um, and so there's that much more appeal in it. And those people are never going to buy a nineteen thousand pound Ducati V4 or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I kind of put it out, and I thought, well, I, I like the video. I've kind of done what I need to do. I'm quite happy with that. I push it out, and it's just continued to go and go and go and go. Brilliant, and. Um, and it would be nice to replicate that, but <laughs> subsequent videos haven't haven't done the same. So I don't. And I think there's an element to that. People will look at a video, and they'll judge it on the number of views. Mm-hmm. 
and I do that myself. So I'll pick one up and it may be a really good video, but if it's only had 800 views and it's been up for three months, you think it's probably not that good a video. I'll yeah, skip yeah. and find something else. Yeah. And it becomes that self-fulfilling, you know, once the, once a video hits a hundred thousand views, I think more people are, are likely to watch it because yeah. they think, well, actually this must be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just what's happened with that. It's just a shame I can't do it with everyone. Uh, I, I've found that I've only I've only had a few view few vids that have gone like a hundred thousand plus, not not that many, and definitely when they hit that hundred thousand, you, you start to see oh they've now hit one hundred and twenty, one hundred and fifty, two hundred. Yeah, I mean, they just seem to grow and grow, don't they? This one is a twenty twenty model bike, so it was late twenty twenty, I think I did it, but it's it's gone over half a million views now. Wow, I've got by, any by, that. By a long stretch, is the is the is the biggest number of views and then bizarrely i think the next one down from that was a kind of a review of either adventure bikes or sport sport touring bikes i think it was mm-hmm. um which are actually pretty easy videos to put together you just nick all of the video content that the manufacturers have put out and just talk <laughs> through the specs and and just do a voiceover and push it all out um, oh you do that i used to wind it when moto bob first started and he was doing that i was like it's not his content it's just the yeah, pr exactly. material stuff I but was then like, you look oh, at it I was like, sorry, I'm going to just, if you can't beat and join them. Yeah, you, but um, you look at the vid and it's just so slick, isn't it? And you're like, oh man, that's yeah, a lot yeah, of work. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's good. It's, and, and I think, yeah, and that's it. I think I, and you, everyone, I think everybody does this. I listen to my own voiceovers and I think, Jesus Christ, my voice is boring. <laughs> yep. Yeah, why, why would anybody watch this yeah, yeah. if i'm not if, if i'm getting bored with my own videos surely yeah. people out there doing the same um yeah. so i think it helps to have that kind of um uh i think i think particularly i'm not really i don't want to turn this into a moto bob appreciation society but i think having um a very amiable voice as he does um, I think helps. It's very mm-hmm. conversational, his videos, mm-hmm. where mine sometimes I feel like they feel like I'm churning out kind of stats or it's being read from a script or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you work off a script? I do very often, actually. Do, do you work off a script or do you just ad-lib as you go? No, I, I, I'm, kind, I, I'm kind of hybrid in the sense that I will um, I will write down what it is, the points that I want to make, Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will ad lib those to camera because yeah, I'm exactly terrible. I, I used to present for as part of my job. I worked in in in, in uh, client relationship management or business development. So I used to to present to audiences. I've done audiences from four people around a table up to eight hundred people in an auditorium. Yeah. So I'm kind of used to delivering presentations, but that's a very different style. But I can never learn a script. Um, I could just never. I, I found trying to memorize what I was going to say made me more hesitant, mm. and and it didn't flow. Yeah, so yeah. I learned through my job to kind of go. Well, this is the story I want to tell. These are the key points that I need to get into it. How I get to that, um, you know, would be different. So, for example, we used to go and do road shows. So I'd go to fifteen venues around the country and I'd do a presentation on commercial property as an investment or emerging markets or whatever it might be. But every one of those presentations would be slightly different, mm-hmm. but the key points would be the same. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of work. That's kind of how I've continued with what I'm doing now. Moto vlogging, I, I, I still don't. I can't really do that. I watch people like you, Richie Vida's. I think he's he's top notch in terms of that moto vlog content. And I just end up rambling. I'm just kind of like I'm just talking. Yeah, but you don't. You don't see. Fresh, I'm just talking bollocks for half an hour, and it's. But you don't see what we cut out. No, I'm I'm editing no, the Romanian series at the moment. I'm on like episode three or four because I'm I'm trying to get as many of them done as possible, mm-hmm. so I can just you know every four or five days, bang, 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 whack another one out. Um, and there's a huge amount gets cut out because we all we all just waffle. You, yeah, just, yeah. I think you you learn to develop a style of talking where you introduce breaks in your your speech that will facilitate that jump cuts. Well, certainly I do. In my, you know, I, I use the jump cut style of edit. Yeah, so yeah. I, I get into a sort of rhythm of, of how I talk and I'm able to just chuck to, to cut out, you know, a couple of seconds of, of bollocks. I'm just waffling. So I'll just cut that out. And yeah. it, and it and it can I would say probably eight times out of 10, it, it will lead into wherever I've cut. Sometimes it's a little bit abrupt for sure, but yeah, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't help it. And sometimes, and you'll make a mistake. I'll do that mm. when I'm making a point and I'll say a word wrong or I'll use the wrong yeah. word. Um, and you think, well, I haven't, I haven't then talked about it again. So I've got to use it and I've got to try to fix it. And, and actually, for me, on doing on bike footage, Having a second cam when I put a second camera on the bars, yeah. oh yeah, looking back at me, that was a revelation because it's yeah. like, well, I can, I can cut this speech, but because I'm cutting to a different camera, looking back, mm-hmm. it's not an obvious cut. Yeah. It's you not can an jump to a totally I've, new location, can't you? Boom, boom. Yeah, it's not like, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. You'd be talking about something mid-sentence, and then the rest of the sentence, you've gone from country lanes to city. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah. It's not, But people don't really notice that so much, I don't think. No. So that, that, for me, was a real revelation of having a camera on the helmet, then yeah. a second camera, and using that cut to be able to change. Because it's it's it, it can be boring just watching just a chin-based camera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for 20 minutes, it's a bit like, <sighs> okay. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's 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 it becomes dull. So I try to, and I spend, as you say, I spend a lot of time cutting bits out. So it's fact, opinion, fact, opinion, fact, opinion, without the big gaps in between. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Got you. And just trying to neaten it, and 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 it seems to work because people, from the comments that I see, people do seem to appreciate the fact that there's there's not a lot of waffle. Don't talk about what I had for dinner or. <laughs> All that kind of stuff that um, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Um, that that you, you can get from these sort of things. So I don't know, but it's it's every day is a school day, isn't it? I'm still learning. I'm still trying to work out what's you know as uh, as a doing. very well known moto journalist figure. I'll not mention names. Has apparently oh, said on. once about moto vloggers, it's just vacuous bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, yeah. Some of it is. It's it, it's interesting. I think there's definitely. Uh, I see. I don't do press launches. Um, a because I don't get invited, which is understandable. Um, but B, I also uh, I th- is there's an there's an imposter syndrome there. If you're there with a lot of hardened motorcycle journalists. I kind of feel like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't, you know, I'm kind of treading on their toes. I think there is a little bit of antagonism 
mm. between the two. Well, I don't know if there is or not. I, I sense there's a little bit of antagonism between the two sides. If I'm not, I, I think treading on dangerous ground here. I think there definitely is, and I think the PR teams are aware of that. So now there's there's effectively there's two press days. There's the press day for the the journalists who generally will go first, and then there's a press day for the influencer YouTuber. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I am um, I'm the same as you. I sort of made it. I made it clear, not made it clear, that sounds bad, but I sort of said to the the various, you know, there's not that many PR teams out there, are there, that handle the whole uh, bike sector. And I kind of said, look, the, 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 the press event, press launches, it's not my cup of tea. I think it's probably, I think it's a bad decision on on my part because in my head, I'm like, I don't want to create the same content as everybody else. Yeah, yeah. But it then means that when everyone else is out on the launch of a bike and they're out there and they get, the use of the, they're getting first hand use of it, yeah, aren't they? It, it, I have to it, wait till it comes out to a dealership that'll let me take a bike out as a demo. So you miss, serve, yeah, the thing, yeah. and the problem you miss is the gravy train. By the time you do your review, everybody's seen everything they need to know about that particular bike. So you miss it, yeah. So you've got to do something special or something yeah. very different. And even then, that can be, uh, you know, there's some some manufacturers that that I've worked with that are really good, and some others where I had good relationships, and for some one reason or another, whether they've changed the PR company or whatever it may be, you kind of get forgotten and get left. So, you know, there's certain yeah. bikes that I've – I'll say to people, don't – you know, if you invite me to the press launch, I'm probably not going to come. But when the bikes become available on the fleet, if I can get hold of one of those – Pretty right. soon, exactly I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. But there yeah. are some bikes that come out that I'm wait. You know, it's been a you know almost a year since the bike's been launched before I can get on it. And then to a certain extent, it's to a certain uh, yeah to a certain extent, it's actually is there much point in in putting a, a standard review out? Which is why I'm trying to look at doing a little bit more kind of travel or motor vlog style mm -hmm. bits with the bikes. So you know, if you get a uh, pick one out of my head, uh, Tiger 1200 Explorer, instead of just doing a standard, going through the spec, doing all those bits, it's like, well, this bike's designed to munch miles, so let's go to Scotland on it mm -hmm. and, and do it more like that and do it like a, here's a kind of a little travel vlog type thing, but whilst we're doing that, we'll talk about the bike and how they it works. don't get views. <laughs> I've done Sorry. them. I do them. I do them. I do them. I, I did that with the Tiger Explorer, took it to Pyrenees on a tour. And, yeah. Um, yeah, just it just gets the same views. It doesn't get anywhere near the views that a, a standard bike review vid gets. No, you're right. Um, uh, yeah, and people, I think people just treat it like another trip vid. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be down. It's going to be down to your thumbnail and your title. Obviously, I think yeah, yeah. Um, that's <laughs> probably ninety percent my fault. And the, the thumbnail and the title should probably reflect more the bike review side of it rather than being on tour somewhere for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I find that the hardest of all of that process, I can do the video editing, I can film it, I can edit it, I can get it uploaded to YouTube, and then I'll sit there for hours going, right, this is the title. Then you, you go, no, that's that's rubbish. Let's put another title. Yeah. And then you kind of get a title you kind of I'm kind of happy with. And you go, right, shit, I've got to do the thumbnail now. And so do I use this one? Do I have me in it as a thumbnail? You know, YouTube will always say we'll put a, a face in the thumbnail. Yeah. You know, in a big you know, a big face that's in the picture that's and I'm like, well, I don't really want to put my face in the picture. And that's for me the biggest issue with 
putting a YouTube video out is naming it and doing a thumbnail. What do you use? Do you use like Morning Fame or, or TubeBuddy or anything like that? Uh, I do have TubeBuddy. That was mm. a revelation as well. Yeah. I'd always ignored it and then decided to – I've only got the basic one, I think, whatever, I spend $8, $10 a month or something. Mm. Um, but that made a big difference for me, particularly with the SEO studio, to so yeah. being able to put the title in and then start changing your title and the description and everything else to try to make it to, – to give it a better hit on the SEO side. Um, so I used TubeBuddy to do that, and that allows me to put a few other bits and pieces in. Um, but I still, the thumbnails, I'll still just do those myself in, in yeah. Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm the same. I, I, I do, I do struggle with the thumbnail and the the title for sure. Trying to, because you see other people's, you know, when you you'll post a vid up on 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 a bike or a bit of kit or something like that, yeah, yeah. and then you start seeing other videos from other people around about the same topic, and you're just like. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's awesome! You know, like the title is really engaging, and it, it just grabs you straight away. The thumbnail yeah. just catches your attention, like Shit, exactly, yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> and and I'm kind of now. between that. Do I just go with a catchy title? But then there's a there's a there's an SEO head in the background goes, no, you need the title of the bike, you need the name of the bike because that's what people are going to be searching for. Um, uh, and I think, and I, th- I think that's the thing. If you've got a, a huge or a bigger number of subscribers, then it that becomes less relevant because you've got more returning people that are coming back to your channel. And I think I'm trying constantly to to bring new people in. Mm-hmm. So I can't just I've got a, a video going out tomorrow, which is an Africa twin adventure sports. Um and so I've got to put 2022 Honda Africa Twin Adventure Sports in the title. But I don't think you need it in the to, title anymore. Sorry, I don't think you need it in the title anymore. No. Like I, I'm the same as you. I still have the the old SEO head on me, where you have to you have to hit those tags, those searchable yeah, yeah. tags in the in the title and in your description. But from what I've been told, from like I, I use Morning Fame. I used to have TubeBuddy, but I use Morning Fame now. Apparently, apparently the algorithms now changed, and it's putting it's favoring. Um, like search terms in the sense of what would a real person type? Not not if you're doing about uh, at 2022 Africa train, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, best best uh, adventure sports bike or you know oh, is yeah, the Africa yeah. is the Africa twin the best adventure sports bike? Something like that. You know, a big chunky thing like that. That's what it's looking for. It's not looking for these in the old days. It used to be, I'm saying old days, started this year. It used to be, <laughs> you know, 2022 Honda Africa Twin Super Sport. Boom. You put that in. Yeah, you yeah. had that in your description. You had you say that because apparently it watches the AI, looks at your vid and listens to your vid to see what you're saying and it right. sort of marries everything up. So if it's got all that, then it used to rank you right up in a search. Apparently now it's it's changed slightly. So you don't okay. necessarily need all these tags in a title. You still need them in the description and you need them yeah, yeah. within the vid. But um yes, yeah, I don't I don't I don't get it at the moment. <laughs> no, no. Maybe I'll change the title for this week's video then. It's definitely worth experimenting. I have done that with vids. I've chucked vids up for a couple of weeks and just had a little look at the analytics, or well, maybe even a month. Uh, have a look at the analytics and then 
if you think maybe the thumbnail or the title or description needs tweaking, have a little tweak and then just see what that does to your analytics. Because sometimes yeah. it can give it a boot up the arse and you get you get like a second wave off of it. Other times okay. it kills it. I have killed vids totally by doing that. But Yeah, that, and that's the worry, isn't it? You think, yeah. should I change this? And if I'm changing the title or changing the thumbnail and I do that two or three times, is that actually going to be more negative than, than positive? And and that's again probably just because I haven't taken the time to sit down to try and understand what it is yeah. that I need to do. So, mate, how much time have you got for tonight? Uh, for tonight, I've got plenty of time. Depends oh, if you sorry. want to carry on and do some more. Or absolutely, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we've almost an hour, and we've in fact, yeah, almost an hour, and we've not even started questions yet. <laughs> no, well, you, I, right? I, I was we... trying to ignore the, uh, uh, the 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 question from Mister Fish. <laughs> we'll get there. We will get there. Don't worry. That, that right, was yeah, just we... him being provocative at AVR. <laughs> if he's, you know, if he's going to flaunt himself around like that, what does he expect? <laughs> no way. Not fish. No way. He doesn't like a bit of controversy. Not him. <laughs> right. So first off, folks, as usual, we'll head to the clan over on Patreon. So it's patreon.com forward slash teapot one. First one, Alan Duncan. Hi, Tony. What bike could you buy if money was not a consideration? Oh, jeez. Oh, um, it, it's now. Can I put some framework around of this? You can. Do whatever you like, mate. With this bit, hang on. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to. These planes are getting on my nerves. <laughs> He's going to jump out the window. For those not watching the video, Tony's. I'm don't not do doing it, Tony. Happening. I'm just going to shut the window. It's obviously a very busy period at, at Stansted at the moment. Um, so I'm just going to get. I've just noticed I'm, I'm very red. Actually, I'm going to get redder. Um, so is this a so I've got to buy one if I put a caveat around it I've got to buy one bike that I'm going to have to do everything yeah one bike money no object go Uh, difficult very difficult Um, and I would probably at the moment and actually I talk about this in the in the Africa Twin video that I'm putting out Friday at the moment there's two bikes that are vying for my attention in terms of me actually physically getting my wallet out um the good thing is if I get my wallet out and put a card down there's nothing in the bank to back it up so <laughs> I don't have to worry about that but what YouTube millions what yeah exactly Woo-hoo. um <laughs> now I've just actually bought a new camera which I'm ordering um which has kind of taken out a, you know quite a chunk of my YouTube earnings what are you going um, for so I've gone for Actually, we'll talk about it in a minute. A, a new Nikon Z30, which is a new vlogging camera. Because um, I'm using a Z2 to do a lot of my Z62 to do a lot of my footage. And actually, that's what I'm using here as my webcam. I've just tried that out for the first time and it seems to work pretty well. It's a lovely, yeah, it's a great picture. Um, although the lighting is not great, I probably should have turned the main lights on in the room. But anyway, um, actually, what is that? What happens? Bear with, bear with me. Oh, it's all going to change now. Hang on. Oh, what does that do? Oh, that's right. It gives me a bit of a warm, yeah, yeah. bit of a backlight. Oh, yeah, 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 that's quite good. You get a bit of bulk out of It's going to make me even warmer. Um, <laughs> the um, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Let's go back to the bike. There's two bikes really at the moment. I like adventure bikes because mm-hmm. I like the practicality. I like the fact that I can scratch around the lanes. I can load them up with luggage and go touring. I can commute on them. I use them all year round. I'm not afraid to use them in the wet or any of that sort of stuff. So for me, I kind of see an adventure bike a bit like an SUV. I drive a, a, a Land Rover, a Freelander too. 
And I like that for the same reason. I'm not worried about muddy country lanes or mm. brushing it up against the hedge or any of that. I can park it anywhere, whatever. So there's two bikes that are gra- grabbing my attention at the moment. One is an Africa Twin. In either guise, whether that's the Adventure Sports or the standard CRF 1100 rail, the other one is the Husqvarna Norden 901. 901, yeah, yeah. Because I have a KTM 790 Adventure. I think the Norden looks nicer. I also think it's a better travel machine. It's got that extra bit of uh, protection on it. Mm-hmm. The seat's more comfortable. Uh, it's a stonking engine. So it would be one of those two. If money was no object, it would probably be the Adventure Sports ESDCT um, because that's, well, they're about 17 and a half grand. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be enough for me. I'd, 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 I've ridden things like the 1290 Adventure R, which I really love. Um, that could be a, content- a contender, but I don't know that I really want or need that power. Same with the Ducati V4. Multistrada, fantastic bike. I'd probably buy a V2 Multistrada as opposed to the V4 if I was yeah. going to go down that route. Maybe that's just me being old and crumbly, but I found those bikes, particularly the 1290 Adventure and the 1290 Super Duke car, which I think is probably one of the best handling um, naked bikes I've ever ridden. 100%, yeah. The problem is my the pace of my riding increased significantly yeah, when I rode it. Again, isn't it. Yeah, yeah. Because because the power so, is there. It's so easy. It's so relaxed. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm in the country lanes, whereas normally there'd be two cars and I'd go, yeah, I can get past those. I can see far enough up the road. Now I'm looking, that's four or five cars. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, that's fine. And all of a sudden you find yourself coming into the corners much quicker. Uh-huh. The brakes are good, so that works. But I just found my pace of riding was picking up and picking up and picking up, um, and not from a safety point of view, but probably just to protect my license. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I love that. Yeah, so I think probably Loved it'd it. be Africa Twin on Northern 901, and if money was no object, I think the Africa Twin being probably about five grand more expensive if you go for the one with electronic suspension mm. and all the goodies on, that would probably be what I'd go for. Yeah, money no object for me, Super Duke R. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll be the one I'd go for. Because money's no object, so when it breaks down, I'll just get another one. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Well, I suppose if money's no object, you can have that, and then you can get yourself a second bike. I think that would be... A GS, because it's the best bike in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I'd like to have that. And at the moment, I've got the 790 Adventure, and I've got an Interceptor 650. So I've got that classic Mm. kind of just go and chug around. Yeah. And enjoy the sunshine and do what you need to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the and the and the KTM is the practical one. Um, so yeah, that would twelve ninety Super Duke car. Actually, the eight ninety I really like as well. Never Again, I don't it. like looking at it. I think it looks like a dog's breakfast. Sorry, KTM, mm. but it it does a little bit. Um, but as a bike to ride, it's phenomenal. Um, and that's not taking into account the Honda CB1000R, which is another really nice bike. No, too many. I think that's the problem. It's too many to have just one bike. <laughs> so sorry, Alan. Yeah, that's there's too many answers for that. But yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, the, I've never. I've never hidden the fact the Super Duke car for me just it's it's the bike that has stood apart from every other bike I've ridden apart from. Naturally, for me, it's very close to the Super Adventure S. The Super Adventure S is yeah. a practical Super Duke car. Exactly. Only, yeah. only in terms of it's got it's a little bit more comfortable. 
it's probably easier to strap luggage or a pillion on and there's a bit more weather protection. But it's still a fucking hooligan of a bike, that Super yeah, Adventure yeah. S. It's a phenomenal engine. Yeah, um, yeah. So maybe the, maybe the Super Duke GT sits in between those two. See, I don't know. I've not, rid- I've not ridden the new GT, but I wasn't that fussed about the old... I didn't see the point in the old GT because you've got the Super Duke R and you've got the Super Adventure, whether you want the R or the S. Yeah, What's yeah. the point? I didn't see the point in the GT because... The Super Adventure, the Super Adventure is the two hundred version. Super Adventure does Duke everything car. like that, but yeah. it's a bit more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. Now, the Super Duke really impressed me. It's one of those bikes that when I picked it up, I thought it was going to be a snarling, angry yeah. machine. Yeah, and it can be. Yeah, but also you end up pootling through villages at thirty miles an hour in fourth gear on tickover, and it's and perfectly it's, happy, isn't it? It's just like a lamb. That, that, yeah. I think that engine. The, the the power spread of that engine is is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm, totally I am with you on that one. But yeah, but probably for me, if I'm going to buy one, my no object it would still be the 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 Africa Twin. I think I think I think if I had a bottomless pit of cash, I think I'd have to have a, a Harley Fat Boy as well. I love that bike. Okay, yeah, yeah. Have you ever ridden one? Uh, I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love. Uh, no, not the fat. No, Fat Bob. I've ridden not the Fat Boy. Yeah, no, um, I like the fat boy. Have, have you ridden the new Sports the S? Mm-hmm. Was that plastic? Plastic okay. rattly. Yeah. Okay. So it was all right. I I would I preferred the Pan American to the Sports yeah. the S. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I've just taken out the Nightstar, the new Nightstar. I had that. Okay. Out yeah. I saw the. Um, I saw your your encounter with the tractor. There's another one coming out tomorrow. I uh, I came around another corner and there was a tree in the road. So there's, okay, there's that. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just Harley, what are you doing? That's all I'm going to say is, what are you doing <laughs> releasing that night stuff? Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I, I've I think, not looked closely at it, but yeah, um, no. it, I, I, Harley kind of put themselves in, well, not put themselves in, but they found themselves in a position. I don't kind of, I won't say I feel sorry for them, but they're in that position whereby. They need to 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 bring the range up to date. Yeah. If they continue to churn out all the the cruisers and the big old bikes that they used to, people will always say, "Well, there's nothing new. There's still mm-hmm. old tractors, and they're not doing True. anything new with it." Um, as soon as they start, to, when they announce things like the Pan America and everything else, then there was a wave of people going, "Well, what are they doing? They make cruisers. They shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't be doing that." Mm-hmm. And they they kind of they've caught themselves in a position where if they Keep doing their old stuff. There's a hardcore group of owners that would love that. And equally, there's a no group of saying, but it's nothing different. It's really dull and boring. If they do something really new, then all the old guys and, and all the old traditional Harley guys go, but well, this is rubbish and they shouldn't mm. be doing that. And I think they're in a position where it's going to be, it's harder for them to actually do something that, that kind of captures everybody's uh, yeah, imagination. Mm. I think at the moment they're sort of split into three, aren't they? They've they've got the old school air, uh, the old school sort of heart and soul engine, that beautiful uh, Milwaukee engine. I, I love yeah, yeah. that engine. It's fantastic. It's, it's it's got a soul. You know, you yeah, yeah, you ride one yeah. of those bikes and it grabs your very soul, doesn't it? And you're like, yeah, I, I get, I get wearing it. a Harley Davidson t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it, you're right. There's it's it's the same with most of those. Um, Certainly that new Milwaukee engine is fantastic, but mm. there is something about there is something about Harley Davidson's. I get it. I never did until relatively Same. recently. Same. And if you look at them on paper, 
but you'd never buy one. You just look at it. If you look at a sports store on paper, you just go, well, why would I buy that? That's yeah. terrible. But actually, when you ride it, you get it. There's 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 more than it's there's it's more than the sum of its parts when you ride mm-hmm. it on the road. Yeah, and yeah. there is something about it that you. I've ridden them and I go, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, okay. It's you know, it's a bit more agricultural. It ha- doesn't handle as well, but I've got a grin on my face when I'm riding it. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's definitely something now. But um, sorry, yeah, you were saying that. But that, what, what I found with the sports star, the sports S, it just seemed really plasticky. To me, okay. you know, when you come when you come from the the old school traditional Harleys, which are all chrome and chunky metal and boom, yeah, you know, yeah. literally built by by geezers sweating their nuts off with big club <laughs> hammers, and they you know they they build these bikes. And you come yeah. to the Sports Star, and it, like the exhaust just looks all from the engine, it just looks all plasticky and molded. And yeah, yeah. I know, I know that it's they know people are just going to customise them. They're just going to rip all that shit off and they're going to put, you know, aftermarket cans on. And you could make that sports star look and sound beautiful. I can't wait for, like, my mate Mike, Mike Noble at at Guildford. They've got Guildford Custom down there, so they do custom Harleys. Can't wait to see some of the bikes that they start kicking out because I think with that new engine, that twin engine... It could it could be a phenomenally beautiful looking bike and yeah and yeah, yeah I've not seen bike. anything come out yet that um it will happen for sure grab my attention but it will yeah. do but you're right it is a great it is a great um it is a great yeah. engine I noticed that when I rode the Pan America if you've only ever ridden traditional Harleys yeah that is that is like a rocket ship I, yeah. I, the, the difference is unbelievable yeah. I think part of the problem with that bike I'm not not a problem it's not the right way to put it but for Harley it's revolutionary but they're only really just catching up with the GS or the or the or the Africa twin or the tiger mm-hmm. or whatever it might be so yeah. it's 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 nothing groundbreaking in that space but it's groundbreaking for Harley have um, you ridden the live wire? It's their first attempt of it, and and mm. and you know I think they've done a good job with it. Really, it's, it's a brilliant first attempt. I, I I've said that as well in in my vid of the Pan America. It's a fantastic first attempt at this. You know, it's, it's in my mind, I think it's a better, more engaging bike than than some of the other big adventure bikes, like like the Triumph. The Triumph twelve hundred to me is just it's too refined. It's too smooth. It's just okay, it's yeah, not yeah. my cup of tea. It's a fabulous bike for some people. But I, yep. me personally, I put the Pan American above it in terms of engagement. Uh, well, it would be interesting to see, actually, because I'm going down to the Harley Davidson off-road centre. Is it oh, Mick yeah, Extance yeah. that's mm-hmm. doing that? So I'm going down there for a day in August um, to take take one of those off-road. Awesome. I might see you there because I've I've had them say, "Would you be interested in it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, definitely. I'm up for that." But again, oh, okay. ne- never heard anything since, so I don't know if it's oh, okay. Yeah, or not. no, this only literally come through in the last few days, so oh, I okay. think probably they're out and about. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see. I, I, I like the bike. I've taken it off. I said I took it off road. I took it down a very kind of easy graded byway near me, mm-hmm. and actually, it was much better than I thought it would be. Um, I don't know that I'd want to crash it. No, I don't want. To, I wouldn't really want to crash any bike. But um, it feels like lots of it will fall off if you crash it. Right. Um, I might be wrong, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'd be interesting. I know um, when I did the, the motorbike TV last year, they they Graham uh, and Tom they took the Pan America when it first came out. They took it to the KTM. Adventure Centre in, in uh, Wales, okay, and yeah. they gave it to the chap that runs the centre, who's like a Dakar ex Dakar uh, racer and everything. And he took yeah. it out and thrashed it over their course. 
and it still worked. He wasn't he wasn't overly impressed with it off road. No, no, no. But um, but you know, it, it certainly took all the all the abuse it was going to give it. Yeah, yeah. No, think, it. And and that's the thing for me. I'm not an experienced off road rider. Mm. Um, I don't mind having a go, but nearly every, every adventure bike we're in the, the 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 capability of the bike far exceeds what my capabilities are. Yeah. Um. So I don't really stress too much about that. I know that. The only thing is, if the only thing I do do is sometimes if I'm out filming and I'm on my own, I kind of do in the back of my mind is like actually, if you stuff it in that ditch, nobody knows you're here. You're on your own. <laughs> if you're underneath the bike and you can't get out, nobody's going to find you until a dog walker or a horse comes yeah, yeah. past. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so I kind of, I, I don't, I, I stay well within my comfort zone when I'm doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, so it'd be nice to go to a, an off-road centre. So I've not done it yet. I've I, I keep meaning to to book myself up at Sweet Lamb or do the Honda adventure stuff, and it's just I've just never got around to doing it. So, mm. um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what that's like. Cool. Um, have you have you ridden Livewire, the electric one? No, I haven't actually. Have you not? I've ridden electric bikes, I've, but mm. not the Livewire. Um, I don't know why that is. I just never had the opportunity. I guess I I, I really like the I really like the Livewire in the sense that. I've been riding electric bikes since 2018, 2017. Mm-hmm. I, I first started doing them, so I've got a fairly decent grounding in, in the various different models that are out there. And yeah. the, the live wire to me felt it felt different to all the other. Like they're all they're all a little bit different, aren't they? They're yeah, Energicas. Yeah feel different to the way zeros ride, and yeah, you know yeah. the models amongst them. They all have their own little idiosyncrasies and stuff and characters. Yeah, yeah. But the live wire felt like a Harley somehow. It somehow, oh, okay. you know, even though it's electric, it still felt like a Harley. And it, I've got no got idea why. In it. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know how, but it did. Um, it's not the, I didn't think it was the best handling out of them. I still put energy up there. I think they're, they're probably the best for me personally, but um, yeah, it was, it was a good. It was a. It was a good bike, you know, and, and it was. It was quite. It's quite uh, surprising to see that Harley are the ones who've really innovated into the electric field because that that bike's different to a lot of other electric bikes out there. You know, everything's yeah, yeah, just yeah. built around the engine. So you again, you can fully customize that bike in the yeah, future. Yeah. How they customize Harley? They were quick with it as well, weren't they? Compared mm, to yeah, yeah. other manufacturers that are mm. not, you know, obviously Zero and Energica are. Purely electric. So, in terms of a mainstream manufacturer, yeah, they were really quick off the mark with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cool. I, I enjoy riding electric bikes. Uh, I, I like the experience of them. I quite, I spend a lot of time riding around country lanes, so I quite like the fact that you stop at a junction and you can hear the birds tweeting yeah. and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you got that peacefulness, um, which is which is nice sometimes. And the performance of them is is staggering. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a zero. I remember I had a zero SRF, the third yep. one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been playing around with it and I put it into beast mode. And I was quite tentative because it's kind of like, well, there's every, all of everything with bikes got, there it is now to just deal with it. And um, I'd been riding it around and I'd stopped at a traffic lights and I stopped next to two guys on sports bikes. One was a, one was a ZX9, I think. And I can't remember what the other one might have been a blade. And I sort of stopped at the traffic lights. 
And the two guys sort of looked around at me and they were like, because mm, I wasn't making a noise. Yeah. And they were kind of eyeing the bike up and just not quite sure. And I'd still had it in beast mode and the lights changed and I just literally took off. Yeah. And I just vanished. <laughs> and, and they caught Brilliant, me up with the next set of traffic lights. And the guy on the ZX9 was like, fucking hell, what is this for? What was that? And he said, I tried to catch up with you. But you you'd gone. You were too far away for me to, yeah. to 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 get anywhere near you. And then we stopped to have a chat, and 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 they were they were amazed by the just the fact that it made no virtually no noise, and but the acceleration. But the problem is, I think in beast mode, that bike only had a range of about forty miles. <laughs> so you have to use it wisely. It's a uh, it's it's. It's sustained high speed that destroys the batteries yeah. on yeah, yeah, electric. Yeah. It just rinses them for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm doing a I'm doing an around the UK. I don't know if you saw. I did around the UK on a one two five. Yes, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doing the same route, but on an electric bike. Oh wow! Okay. Um, next month. Well, actually, fairly soon. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. You know, I'm I'm sort of in my head. I'm thinking four days. I'm going to try and do it in four days. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see if it's going to be possible. I don't, what what I don't bike know. are you doing on? Uh, it's going to be it's going to be the Energica, the Rebelli RS. Okay, yeah. I wanted to do it on the Eagle. You know, their sports bike. Yes, just because yeah, yeah. I did the the world trip on a sports bike. It's like right because yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a, it's not a first. Some geezer has been around the UK, but he took ages to do it. It was like a a proper tour. Whereas I'm. Right. I'm not stopping. I'm just Go going just like bang, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. sleep, sleep next to the bike whilst it charges, and just keep going. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah I, I wanted to do it on the ego, but they haven't, they haven't got a, an ego available, sadly. So it's going to be the rebellion. Yeah, yeah, still a great bike, and and DC charging as well, aren't they? So they are. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. uh, that's going to save quite a bit of time, I guess. If I can find one, because uh, what if I found is one. a lot of the time they're they're not working. <laughs> or they true. say they're there, they, and you get there, they, and they're not. Am I right in thinking that the Tesla chargers are now available to use if you're not a Tesla owner? I've heard no, from they a are in some countries. I don't know if they've done that in the UK. I've heard from a couple of people that oh yeah, you can charge off Tesla now. But when I've when I've had an electric bike, you couldn't. But that is no. the last time I had an electric bike, probably two or three months ago. So right, it may okay. well have changed. I'll I don't know if this is a before. new thing, but I've seen a bit on social media where people right. they're allowing Tesla. I've just said, well, basically anybody can use the of the oh, use okay. the chargers now, um, which much. obviously for the energy works. But obviously zeros are still Type Two chargers, aren't they? They can't use. Yeah, them. they are. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a weird decision to do that because you want. I think the thing that holds people back from going electric is a cost because they're ridiculously expensive and be charging you know the charge time so rather than four hours if you can cut that down to 20 minutes so yeah exactly and i think that's where it needs to go isn't it it's for me it's not the uh it's not the range people talk about the range it's only got 100 miles range well i I had a friend that used to have a harley sport a custom harley 48 yeah after 65 (laughs) 70 miles we're looking for a petrol station so you know little peanut tanks so the 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 range is a problem the difference is you could fill it up in five minutes and and be gone exactly i think once you start to see petrol stations with charging points on and they're DC charging, and you can Lots charge in ten or fifteen yeah. minutes, enough to get you another eighty or ninety miles. Then I think that's that they become much more of a practical machine in yeah, that definitely. sense. Mm-hmm. Or even I know people batteries. that commute and they use them, mm-hmm. and it's enough to get them into work. They plug it in while they're there all day, and then they ride home, yeah. and it's costing them pennies. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've 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 said this time and time again on this podcast. I've even you know I've even had Alec on from English Electric, and we've we've chatted at length about it. I yeah. don't think electric is the answer that we're all looking for, but it's what we're going to get yeah, for yeah. the foreseeable. Maybe yeah. maybe for the rest of our lives, then it's going to be electric. But I think something else is going to come in. Something needs to. I think the the problem with, with the problem with bikes is you've only got so much real estate. Mm-hmm. Cars, you can smack loads of batteries in it. You know, if they go down yep. the hydrogen yep. cell route, you've got you've got room to put stuff in it. With a bike, mm. you don't have that space. Um, yeah, yeah. The only thing that would be interesting to see is if manufacturers, because so far they've to make them acceptable, they've made electric bikes look like traditional combustion bikes. Yeah. But they're not constrained by having to have a radiator or an exhaust or all of those other bits and pieces. So it'd be interesting to see if if manufacturers now start to go, well, actually, let's just tear up the rule book. Blank canvas. Yeah. And we've got we we need a seat, handlebars, two wheels, foot pegs, and but we can do whatever we need to do in Definitely. in inside that. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if that if that how that develops. Mm. But again, I think they're very conscious of people, you know. Motorcyclists are traditional. Well, traditionalists, I don't know if that's the right word. But yeah, if there's something too outlandish, some people will like it. But if there's a bike that looks like it's come straight out of Tron, mm. I would probably love that. But there's a lot of people who go, well, no, it doesn't look like a bike. I can't. Yeah. I'm never going to go down that route. So, have you seen um, the Canadian? I think it's a Canadian, Damon. Have you seen them? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And their bike, I think their bike's affected. Is it three in one? Because the whole the whole geometry of the bike alters depending on what mode you put it in. Yeah, so it, 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 yeah, it looks looks amazing. Verge looks is amazing. the other one as well. If you've seen Verge, Verge. yeah, 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 where they've got the hubless rear wheel, which I think yeah. is just, I just it still freaks me out how that yeah. does that. It's just, and then yeah, they've then, got is it the British one Arc, but they're like ninety thousand pounds. They they are taught, they're like Bentleys or Aston Martins yeah, well, of the I, electric one. I, I found the same. All, everything electric, whether it's an electric car. Electric bicycles, particularly, I've been needing to. I need to shift some timber, and I don't like going to the gym, and I don't like running. But I, I used to mountain bike, and I thought I'd mm-hmm. get back into that. But being an old fat knacker now, I'd quite like a bit of an electrical assistance. <laughs> so you go and have a look at bikes, and it's like, uh, and I've, I'm still there looking at a bike, and the guy's going, "Well, this is pretty reasonable price, and it's got this and this and this." And then my head's going, "Well, I can buy a CRF 250 and go green yeah. laning." Yeah, for less than a push bike, <laughs> and that's—I know that's not the way I should be looking at it, but it's just like there, there seem to be the huge premium on on anything electric at the moment. Everything at the moment, mate. Everything's well, gone through true, the yeah, roof yeah. at the moment, hasn't it? It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Where do we go from here? Anyway, right, we we could go down a proper uh, Robert Wall. Yeah, we'll end up down a wormhole if we do that, won't we? <laughs> so next one. Uh, cheers for that, Alan. Alan, thank you very much, mate. I was looking over there. I don't thank know you. Why. Chris Kemp. Yeah, I've got to used to looking in this. I know. Hi, guys. Hope you're both well. I'll keep it short this week. How were the, how were the Egyptian pyramids built? Okay, begin, Tony. Over to you. Uh, very carefully. <laughs> and very slowly. Mm. Do we want to go down this? Because th- th- this, this could be a podcast in itself. It could be. I probably don't want to go down this because I'm not an engineer. I love all this um, shit. I love history. I do like history. I, I listen to a lot of history podcasts. I watch a lot of history uh, TV shows. Um, but yeah, in terms of how they built the pyramids. I've got a civil engineering honours degree. Oh, there I'll you just go. just put it out there. 
I've Fair never enough. used it, but I've got the degree in it. Fair <laughs> um, enough. Like, oh, Jesus. I, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. I listen, listen to Joe Rogan all the time, and he has people on who who propose all sorts of ideas behind it from it's aliens right through to yeah they just had you know thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people over hundreds and hundreds of years and they built massive sand ramps and just used brutal manpower to drag these 50 60 ton perfectly cut they would have understood leverage and stuff like that so they would have had they would have had cranes to lift it up. One thing that was interesting that I never realised until I was listening to, I listened to, there's a podcast, a BBC podcast called You're Dead to Me. Yes. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know that one. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Um, which Greg Jenner was as the guy from Horrible Histories. And they were, I think they did something about Cleopatra. And I'd never really considered it before, but he said when Cleopatra was, was, was effectively the leader of of the Egyptian empire, the pyramids were already an ancient monument. Mm-hmm. So she, when we think about it, Cleopatra was there that, and the pyramids were almost already 1,400, 1,600 years old yeah. when she came on. And, yeah. and that was the first time I'd kind of grasped the 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 depth and the and the the period of time that 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 um that the, the, the Egyptians were kind of doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but it's like you, you look at you look at over in the Americas and the American continent, you know, and you look at all the the Inca pyramids that are out there. There's pyramids all over the world, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. But it just seems to be like that that phase of humanity. It just seemed to effectively. It just seems like it, it ended. We don't know how they did it, and now we're no. at a stage where we can do amazing things, but we still don't know how they did it. And you're just like, yeah. And it's interesting that you've you've got two continents that would have been completely detached. Yes. I assume at that point there was nobody yeah. travelling between the two, and yet they've got very similar style buildings of a similar mm. style era. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe there is something in the aliens. I don't know. God. I've, I've said it time and time and time again on here. I wish I smoked the weed because <laughs> uh, that sort of stuff, you just need to you just need to sit back and open your minds, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things. Lost there was a thing. I was listening to a podcast today, actually, and and, um, and they were talking about the, about extraterrestrials and, and whether people believe that, that, you know, they exist or not. And I'm of the opinion that, is that I, we can't be the only planet mm. that's got life on it. Whether it's life as we would recognise it or not, I don't know. But by but just sheer odds, we can't be the only ones out there. Have you seen that that new telescope they have that's just that's just come online and starting to beam back images from deep space? It's mm-hmm. it's basically it's like the Hubble but on steroids. It's oh wow, okay, no. Like the Hubble's twenty odd years or thirty odd years old now, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Te- it's technology which has advanced in that length of time. Uh-huh, and, okay. and in this telescope, and it's now sending back like deeper images and clearer images of deep space than we've ever ever seen before okay. and it's I'll have to like you look at look you look that. they've got pictures now that we've put them on instagram so they'll have the hubble telescope sort of image and then they'll put a comparison next to it of this new telescope or okay. this new whatever it is satellite up there and the depth of detail it's like hd you know like hd oh, compared really? to old traditional 680 or 640 resolution. You know, it's just like, wow, you can see so much more. 
Oh, I'll have to I think it's totally right. We can't be the only ones there for sure. No, uh, definitely not. But um, but I do know the Earth is flat, so that's one. Well, that's it. Yeah, that is true. That is everybody true. knows that. It's just of like you know, just yeah. just kidding yourself if you think any other <laughs> any any other way. And next one. Uh, cheers for that, Chris. Next one, Alan Duncan again. Another one. Uh, Follow up to that question. Where would you take a bike if you had the opportunity? Oh, where would you take a bike if you had the opportunity? Hmm. Depends if I can get access to anywhere. There's quite a few uh, celebrities that I'd like to go and visit. Oh, go on. That's probably another, that's another option. That's another, yeah. Then we go down that route. Where would I take <laughs> it? Wow. Um, I, I, well, I've got a, a, a route planned, which I've uh, I started planning in 2019. And then didn't I couldn't do it in 2020, couldn't do it in 2021, didn't get around to it this year. So I might try and do that next year. And that's a trip across Europe um, to visit a site where my father was a prisoner of war. Oh, wow. My father had me late in life, and I'm an old fogey as well. So uh, my father served in World War II. He was in the parachute regiment. Uh, he was captured in an operation in Sicily and ended up going to – um, a prisoner of war camp in Poland, yeah. um, which I've recently discovered, or wouldn't in the last few years, that that camp is still, portions of that camp are still there. Wow. Um, and it's now the Polish Prisoner of War Museum. So there are original huts and original parts of that that, are, that were there from World War II. And so that's a place that I really do need to go and visit. We looked at flying out to Warsaw and doing all of that. And then a few years ago, I was like, well, why don't I just ride my bike there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, make, that makes perfect sense. So I kind of planned a route to go through Germany, across into Poland, visit the site, spend a day or two there, um, and then drop down into the Czech Republic and then come back kind of through the Alps mm-hmm. um, and do that. So that's something that's on my bucket list. I'm trying to – I've probably run out of time – to do it this year with other commitments because it's going to be probably October at the earliest I can do that. Mm-hmm. And I think once you start getting into the high passes in the Alps, October time onwards can start <clears throat> to get a little bit tricky. Yeah. Mid-October, certainly in Switzerland, mid-October you'd be pushing it by then. Yeah. yeah, it might be okay, but what I think is probably safer to do, and that doesn't give me a lot of time to plan it, is to, is to look at, you know, April, May, or May of next year, something like that. Um, but yeah, that I'd love to do that. Um, I'd like to ride in um, uh, Croatia again. I did that a few years ago. Beautiful, and isn't it? that's a fantastic place to go and run. I don't know if you've been out there, you yeah, haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I love it there. The roads are good. There's nobody on them, and it's a beautiful place as well. So um, it is definitely like that. And I'd still like to do a US coast to coast. I know that's mm-hmm. a bit of a cliche. Um, but I think I'd like to do the, the roads less travelled. Oh, yeah? What, off-road? Yeah, some off-road. Some of the, the, the whatever is it, the North American Trail or whatever they call mm-hmm. it. I can't remember what they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that and just and just I'd like to do that coast-to-coast without using any freeways mm-hmm. and, and just visit some of the smaller places. Yeah. My my wife and I uh, love to do that. We, we were sort of 
we'd got into the the habit of doing that. We we got a load of mates over in the states, so mm-hmm. we'd just fly over, hire a hire a big truck, and then just do like a ten day, two week road trip, and just yeah, do yeah. no no motorway, just all back roads, and yeah, it was yeah. awesome. You see so much more, and the state, I love the states because yeah, it's yeah. so varied, it's so massive, and oh, it's, it's so like, varied. It is unbelievable. It's just like the the, the difference in the terrain, yeah, um, across that country is unbelievable. So yeah. I was supposed to. I was supposed to be doing a tour of America this year, actually, but uh, sadly, it, it it didn't happen. Are, are you you're you're self employed now, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. 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 I got I got stung by the tax man in the sense of I'm not hiding from the tax man. I was declaring everything, but what I didn't realise was your first year on accounts when you pay your tax for that first year, you have to yeah, pay two hundred percent. I didn't know that. So no. you get your tax bill and then they go, and we need the same again. We need 50% again. And then you you have to pay the next 50% like in June or July, whenever it was. I was just like, oh my God. So I basically <laughs> wiped out my battle fund for this year. I've literally yeah. just paid a corporation because I do it. I've set up a limited company. So I do oh, have a great company. Yeah, um, I've not done that. And I've just had to pay a corporation tax bill, um, which was due in July, but I never got a reminder. And then when I spoke to my accountant, that sounds a bit posh, it? When I spoke to the lady that does my accounts, she was like, yeah, I don't think they send you reminders anymore. And I was like, no, they Jesus. haven't. All they sent me was the thing saying, you haven't paid your corporation tax and you're now uh, you're now paying 11 pence per day um, interest. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just yeah. paid out eleven hundred pounds of corporation tax today, which made a bit of a dent. There you, go. you you cannot you cannot hide from the tax man. Can <laughs> no, you? no, no, no. And it's all they very one sided. When you have to pay them immediately, but oh, um, yeah. when you get a rebate, they send you a check in about six weeks. Yeah. If you have to pay them, you've got to pay it instantly on yeah, we want it now. Give us it now. Yeah, and if you we don't have it now, now, we'll have your house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Right, cheers to that, Alan. Next one, Lee Vigar. How you doing, Lee? Uh, hello to you both. Hope you're well. Tony, hope hello, your Lee. leg is feeling better after you're off at the ABR. Yeah, it's all good now. Thank you. <laughs> Question to both. Who would be your number one motorcycle manufacturer to work with and why? Ah, now Lee's a big triumph man. He's a big triumph man. Okay. What about you? Who would be your your, your favourite manufacturer to work with? Uh, not triumph. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Who would it be, or who is it in that sense? Who who would it be? Um, I mean, Triumph for up there. Who is, who is it? Triumph for up there in the sense that they 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 push a lot of buttons for me because I like see I like classic bikes, but I don't I like classic looking bikes. But having had classic cars and old classic Volkswagens for years. They're just a pain in the ass um, mm. to use. So I like I like the fact that they've got the modern classics range, and it's not just a token effort. You know, you've got the I'll be careful a Speed Twin nine hundred, which is the Street Twin that I had. Then you can get a Scrambler version of that. You can get it for the twelve hundred. You've got the Bobber. There's, there's not just kind of a retro offering or a modern classic offering. So there's a, a lot of that. Plus you've got the adventure bikes. Plus you've got the the things like the 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 Street Triple and the Speed Triple. Um, yeah, they're, I mean they're, they're they're in terms of their range. There's 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 something for everyone. I think in yeah, there, Triumph seem to be chucking out a new model or a new version of a model. I want to say during during quarantine, during lockdown and stuff, it felt like it was every week or every two weeks they're chucking out. There's another press yeah, yeah. pack. 
Yeah, oh, Jesus, yeah. how many bikes have they got? Yeah, they've slowed it's it. And there's, and there's a slight confusion. I'm interested with the with the change now that they've gone with the Speed Twin 900 and the Scrambler 900, and they've lost that street name. Now, I don't know if that's just that they've decided to streamline the brakes. They did that with the Tigers, didn't they? Because it was always confusing with the XRT and the mm. XCA and all that business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whether it's a simplification of that, or it does make you wonder if there is another if the street is going to reappear, reappear somewhere as a slightly different machine, lower nice. capacity maybe, or I don't know. Wouldn't um, put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. But they, yeah, Triumph would be one that would be out there as a, as a brand to work with. In terms of working with brands currently, I found Honda to be really good. Mm-hmm. Initially, when I first started working with various manufacturers, I thought Honda would be the most corporate and the most difficult um, but the the absolute opposite of that is the case. I think um, they they seem to be more relaxed than many other manufacturers. Yeah, I found press fleet. I found Honda have been the most eager when I've contacted them. But yep. I find I find none of them, me personally, none of the manufacturers contact me. You, no. I find I have to contact them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And I I do find Honda probably the best for replying. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, there's some, there's some manufacturers that I respond to. Um, You know, I've never done, I've not done anything with Yamaha on my channel because I just don't, I just don't, I know that um, Mark Potter at Potsky Media looks after them, but I just don't have an in there. Um, Kawasaki have always come back and said, we only deal with mainstream media. Yeah. I don't know if that's easing now. But I think I think there's a sorry to interrupt. I think there's a a definite swing at the moment mm-hmm. in the PR world, and they're favouring they're definitely favouring women at the moment for sure. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think they're sort of moving from YouTube more to Instagram and yes. into TikTok. That they're they're trying. I think they're trying to engage with a younger audience. Yeah, that's the that's impression. What they need, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Potsky, Potsky Media, that seems to be what they're doing at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. And I often say, and I don't mean it horribly when I say it, but I, I am very much of the male, pale, and stale um, mm-hmm. variety when You're it comes to that, because that, mm-hmm. although that at the moment that's the demographic that's spending the money, you know, if you're going to spend exactly 25 grand on a bike, mm-hmm. a, a 20-year-old is not going to do that. Some might, but majority of them are not going to do that. Yeah, it's, totally. it's the it's the forty five plus group that are going to do that. So you could appeal to that, but equally, a young attractive female, and I'm not being facetious when I say that, would also attract that of course that marketplace. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's important, I think, to get more. Well, it's, it's to get more coverage. The, the number of women riders is increasing year on year, uh, which is a which is a great thing. Um, and I, th- I think you're right. I think manufacturers need to attract a younger audience, and mm-hmm. that younger audience is not going to be necessarily interested in in my view or my opinions on 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 a particular product. Mm. No, no, Just, I, I I get you on that. Yeah, I totally agree. To to be honest, um, it annoys me. I'd just like to see. And there are a lot. There are a lot of good. There's a few that I'm not so keen on, but majority of them are pretty good. Of the of the of the the if you say the younger generation that are coming through, um, I just hope you don't see a kind of a draw towards more fluffy pieces, mm. where 
I, and I'm, maybe I'm just being cynical is whether the PR companies would want to go down the route of using people that are happy to regurgitate yeah. the press release. That's how I feel. Rather than moment. put their yeah. own opinions out. Yeah. And, I'm, and, I, and I don't want to be cynical like that. And I don't think that is the case at the moment because I see a lot of great, uh, really good younger creators. Mm. Um, I think it is. Personally, I think it is. I'm putting my head on the block there, but that's how <laughs> I feel at the moment. I, I do feel like... Well, I mean, I've been blacklisted by loads of the PR companies anyway, so fuck it. But I, I, I do think, I, I do think. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting, I don't want to get sucked into this by uh, Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I, I do think that's the case at the moment. I think there's a lot of the PR blurb being, being sort of molded into content based around social media under somebody's brand. I, I think there's a quite a bit of that at the moment. Yeah, yeah, there are some brands, and again, they will name, name, remain nameless. There's some brands where the my relationship has not deteriorated; it's just stagnated. Um, and I look at the content that's coming out with their bikes, and it is much more influencer styled um, than that. Vacuous shite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be careful. I mean, you got to be careful. I always try to be balanced, but I've noticed a couple of reviews I did on a couple of bikes. And I wasn't necessarily negative, but I was just pointing out bits. That I thought, well, this is this is wrong. There's one bike in particular, which people will probably work out, but I'm not going to mention it. But I was like, it's a great bike, but they've just gone overboard with the suspension. They've put top-end Olin's suspension on, which is just far too harsh for the road. Mm. And I know you can adjust it, but you can only adjust it so much. And I backed everything off. And on the broken surfaces in the bumpy country lanes. It was like, it's thrilling, but it's only thrilling because I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> um, if I push it any harder than I am pushing it, I'm not particularly pushing it. Yeah, I might know the uh, bike you're talking about, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, and uh, yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, okay. It's got, it's got a particular style and gold forks and yellow Olin Springs don't go with that style, but um, uh, but there was certainly a, a cool, it appeared to me, and I might be, picking that up wrong and I might have just put my head on the block as well but it seemed to be a little bit of a cooling in the relationship mm. um, sort of post that um, yeah you're never sure though if it's just in your own head are you with, with yeah this. exactly I, and that's, it's easy to think about that and, and, I, yeah. and I think the problem is there's a there's a lot more even in the time that I've been there's a lot more people now doing this oh yeah so the, the PR companies have got a bigger pool to fish in um yeah, and 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 it's probably just the case that but there's just so many people out there now, mm. and it's a numbers-driven game, really, largely, isn't it? It is. It's, it's quite an exciting time, though, because it certainly for me personally, it's making me think. Right, what can I do that that sort of is different and sets me apart from yeah, others? Exactly. Yeah. But I don't want to do. You know, I don't want to go down the vacuous shite road do you know what i mean i don't yeah, i don't I mean, want to yeah. go down just the clickbait just yeah. ridiculous stuff that some yeah i some get you yeah it, it, it certainly makes you think about uh you know up in your game in terms of yeah. your content mm -hmm. um but there's some there's some you'll never compete with you know i've watched channels where and it's very difficult to say it's very difficult um because it's very it's very hard to say something I'm not being negative about uh, if I pick something, if I just pick, for example, female content creators, mm -hmm. it's, it's very, 
easy to make it look like you're a, a disgruntled, grumpy, old, middle-aged oh, yeah. white man. Totally, yeah, that, yeah. That's not the case. But there are some where you, you know, I'll spend two days putting stuff, and and I'll admit my content might not be for everybody, and it, you might have a more of a rose-tinted view on your own content than than you would necessarily see. But I can see things where I spend a lot of time, two or three days filming, two or three days editing. I'll pour over it to make sure I've got all the stats right. I've got everything there. I'll give a considered view. And then somebody will wash a bike in a bikini top and get <laughs> 10 times the amount of... I did actually suggest, and I was talking to Richie about this, that myself, you, Andy, uh, and Richie should get together and we should do a kind of a, a bike wash video. Mate, we spoke about it. In Budgie Smugglers. <laughs> Let's do you know, it. Soap, Let's soap, do it. slow motion, wet skin. But I think we'd probably be attracting the wrong audience. <laughs> is there a wrong audience? Well, I, 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 wrong I've audience. said this before on the on the podcast. I did uh, a review of the case uh, winter gloves, the heated gloves, yeah. and the opening the opening sequence was, it was. I did it during the winter when it was snowing outside, and I'm naked in my garden, like hands <laughs> over hands over my credentials, right? So it's it an opening piece, opening sequence. One hand or two both, hands. Uh, I could probably it get away. With my, probably, uh, I could get away with my pinky, but I had two two <laughs> hands. Um, yeah, it's about four or five seconds, and I lost. I lost like I can't remember how many, but I lost a big chunk of subscribers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's there, the impact that has. There's an element of 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 pushing yourself and change and and putting out new content, but there's also an element of staying in your lane. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and trying to do, true and that's you. where I've floundered in the past. Where I've tried to do too many different things. Yeah, and in the end, it's like actually, let's just sit back and see what it is that people like. And generally, mm-hmm. for me, people like the no nonsense, pretty straightforward, relaxed delivery. Yeah. With, with a considered view. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's going to appeal to some people. It's not going to appeal to everybody. So yeah. I'll just, I'll do that and, 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 and appeal to the people that it appeals to. Definitely. I, I think, I think consistent, constant growth is probably far better than great big sudden spikes because yes. yeah, yeah. You, you'll get a sudden spike. And if you don't, if you don't continue that momentum, then as you said earlier, the algorithm just looks at it and goes, We've got a big spike. We're sending all these people, but those people, you know, it's going to people that aren't really connecting with the channel. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'd say most of them don't bother watching anymore. They don't subscribe. And then the algorithm just goes, oh, okay. And then you, your reach actually goes down, doesn't it? And you have yeah, to build yeah, back yeah. to where you are before that peak. Yeah, I think that's one thing that I'm, I take comfort in when I look at my uh, when I look at my analytics is that, yeah, I have been doing this. I think I've been doing it for longer than a lot of people uh, initially imagine. Mm. But I've seen a pretty organic growth. If you yeah. look at my, from when I started the channel, my growth of subscribers and views is a pretty much a constant climb. Yeah, There's no yeah. massive spikes. There's no big dips. It's just, you know, growing and growing and growing. And I quite like the fact that, that that's what it is. It's, it shows me that, you know, there is the organic interest there. The reach isn't maybe as big as it is, as it could be, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things you can, you can hang your hat on all of this and you know hackers could shut youtube down uh, and and that's the end of it yeah absolutely you're on 40 or 50,000 subs now aren't you uh 42,000 i think Mate, that's an insane amount of people when you look at it yeah, do you it know is, what i mean it, it's easy to it's easy to uh, look 
4,899. And it's easy to go, oh, that's not that many. When you look at that and you go, well, that's like, I'm a Chelsea fan. So it's like, that's mm-hmm. Stanford Bridge full up mm-hmm. of people yeah. that are choosing to subscribe to my channel. Yeah, it's crazy, that's, isn't that's it? incredible. It's amazing. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. So you, how you, you people get... that have got millions must feel, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I don't know about you, but like my my sort of sights are set on that hundred thousand. Yes, and it's yeah, not yeah. it's not like I've got to get it, I've got to get it, I've got to get it. But you're no. like, I, I, I want that. I, I I want that. You know, it's it's yeah. for me I'd it's like, like, like 50 a little, thousand like a little silver plaque up there. Yeah, I just want to put it in my toilet. Job done. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Just to well, get Andy, to that. TMF, he's got the he's got his plaque in his toilet. Oh, is it? He <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, I just I just want that. Uh, anyway, uh, Lee's got a second question, mate. What's yeah. the one piece of motorcycle kit you couldn't wait to get your hands on, but once you did, it let you feeling it left you feeling let down? Oh, wow, that's a really good question. Wow. Um, um, wow. I thought it was going to go the other way because I thought he was going to ask what's the one piece of motorcycle kit that I've got and I now can't live without. Yeah. Um, that tends to be a question we get, yeah. Yeah, that's a really that is a really good question. A uh, piece of kit that I couldn't wait to get hold of, and then it really let me down. Oh, I've got it. I'd have to think about that. Um, uh, I've got it. I can tell you mine. Go on then. The Drift Ghost 4K when it came out. That camera. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Actually, I, yeah, I, I, I love the Ghost S. I was a I was a Drift ambassador. I love yeah. I loved the Ghost S. And then they brought out that 4K, and I thought, awesome! It's gonna be it's gonna kill GoPro because I was having nothing but issues with GoPro, and I was just yeah, like yeah. bag of shit. Don't want it anymore. They brought out that Ghost 4K, and it was. Utter dog shit. It was ter- it's like, horrendous. Yeah, it was like recording on a potato, wasn't it? Oh, um, I mean, it, the firmware was shit. The reliability was shit. The video quality was. Sh- it was just crap. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm um, not. A, I'm not a drift ambassador anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think anything that's. No, not really. I've had some stuff that I. I had some kit sent through to me that I ended up. Uh, not reviewing, but that's only because I went back to the distributor and saying, I will, I can review this, but you won't like the review. Right. So, and I'm not going to filter it, but I'm going to give you the option. Um, Are you going to say was, who that was? Yeah, it was Blower. Who's that? Which is a bit of a weird brand, but they sent me a motorcycle jacket to review. And then when it's from our urban range, it's all really cool. And it arrived and it felt like a wind cheater with armor in. Right. And this was kind of just, pre-CE days. Yeah. Um and 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 but the thing that threw it for me is it had and I counted them, it had 13 buttons on the front to do it up, traditional wow. buttons. And I was like, I went back to him and was then I'm not being funny, but I don't know any single motorcyclist that wants a jacket with buttons, a proper buttonholes. It had a zip behind it, but unless you did the buttons up, you had a flappy bit. And I was just like, I can review it, but you're really not going to like it. It's four so over function. Option. And they kind of said, yeah, okay, send it back. Yeah. And I said, I can do it, but I'd rather not just, I don't want to do a, a review to slate it um, because I don't, I don't, and I don't think it's a review I needed to do because I think most people would look at that and go, I'm not buying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight off the bat. They'd be like, well, yeah. why would I, I've got gloves on. It's bad enough trying to get a zip puller. Yeah. Um, 
to do that. And that's another bug my mind is that is motorcycle jackets that put tiny little zip pullers on. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah, big chunky when they with the, they seem to forget that that we were in great big gloves a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I've got I've been running a a, a, a Halverson's Naran jacket, mm-hmm. which is a really good jacket, two layer laminate, vented. It's got an Outlast liner. So you can wear it in temp- I've worn it in I wore it in uh, in beer ritz up to about 27 degrees with the vents open, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. And I've worn it down to about 12 degrees when we were up in the Pyrenees and it was fine. But I've had to put you see those, yeah, those yeah. zip pulls you can buy. I've had to put those on all the zips because the zip pullers are about that big. Yeah. And you're riding along and I want to open my vent, and I'm like, well, I've either got to stop and take my gloves off or I've got to play with myself for half an hour <laughs> until I can right get along, the touching yourself. thing open. And and that's going to be in the review. I've got to I'm gonna wear it when it's a bit colder. Yeah. Um, but that's gonna be the first thing in the review is just like just this a simple thing, and it's gonna cost the manufacturer pennies to do it. To do it. Mm-hmm. But just just put a decent either a putter or a big ring tab on a on a zip. But it makes you wonder, like when when manufacturers design this stuff, and before, surely before it goes out on production and, and it's marketed, surely somebody must be wearing it out on a bike. Uh, how, and why is nobody going? That needs bigger tags. <laughs> you you yeah, you would think so. Um, and, and it's where and it, but it's whether they get wrapped up in everything else that they don't think about. They don't consider the. Mm. That those sort of things. There's there's a couple of people. There's a couple of manufacturers that I really like in terms of gear. Um, Revit are one because mm-hmm. I think they're really well thought out, and I think and it's not an advert for them. I just think they're really well thought out, and it does appear that they get tested very well before anything comes to market. Yeah, and Climb and the other one as well that do that. Mm. They're all riders. They all and everything's very well thought out. And there's nothing about those jackets that I kind of go, would have missed the trick there because it could do that and it could do that. Um, they tend to, if anything, over-engineer them compared yeah. to, to others. Um, no, I've never yeah. tried. I've never worn any of either. Never tried oh, okay. Never tried Climb. I, I mean, I spent I spent my own money on a Rucker yeah, yeah. suit, which I, I love. It's the best bit of kit I've ever worn. But then I just found out at the AB, ABR Festival a couple of fellow uh, patrons, actually, Rebecca, thank you very much for coming up for a chat. But they came up and they pointed out that the Rucker kit, even the, the top of the range Navala suit that I've got, mm-hmm. excuse me, it's got the very basic, like, slide resistance rating. It's just an A rating. It's yeah, not. Yeah. And you think, well, this is a top of the range suit. Why has it not got, like, the best slide rating that you can get? Yeah, yeah. I think Climb's yeah. actually better. Yeah, but you've got to pay for it. So I think the only climb suit that's got a AAA rating, I might be wrong, is the Badlands Pro. Mm-hmm. That's like seventeen hundred pounds for the jacket. Well, yeah, I was yeah, two you, grand. You're getting I paid two, two and a half for the suit for the, yeah. for the suit, which mm-hmm. which is which I think, and that's fine. If you're going out every Sunday morning for an hour's ride, I can't see the point. Mm-hmm. If you're riding around the world, or you're a courier, or you're riding all day, every day, all weathers. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fantastic investment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and they certainly do do the business. Um, but you're right. Now I've got a Wolf Moto textile suit, which I love. It's comfortable. It's a kind of a laminate. It's, it keeps you dry. It's got a wool lining. So in the winter, it's great. It's got really comfy salopette style uh, trousers. So I can get my big fat belly inside them and zip them up to my nipples. And it's great. And then when you look at it, that's a single A. 
but yeah, I've got I, I bought recently uh, a Merlin uh, Chigwell light jacket, mesh jacket for the warm weather, which is largely mesh, but that's a double A rated. Is it? Yeah. That's another Marlin seems to be on the rise at the moment. I'm seeing yeah, a lot yeah. of of stuff around around their kit at the moment. Yeah, they're doing good. well. I was amazed at this. It's it's the most meshy of. It's got kind of that that Kotex sort of wax cotton finish on the up the arms and then a few yeah. bit and, and across the shoulders and stuff. Full yeah. D3O armor. Um, but yeah, to get a mesh jacket that looks classic styled. Um, but to get that through with a double A rating, I think is um, is really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right, Tony, uh, pee break. You all right for a, a pee break? We'll come back. Yeah, sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to tap dance here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. okay. Are you See standing up as well? Are you on a standing? Yeah, oh, I've got okay. a standing desk. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm merging into the I'm merging into the seat. But yeah, I need a, <laughs> a, a, a top up as well. So right. See you in a couple of minutes then. Okay, okay. It was my birthday yesterday, and we went to, out for something to eat. And my son didn't finish his meal, so he brought it home in a doggy bag. And it was still in the fridge, so I've just nicked some of it. <laughs> nice one. Well, happy belated birthday to you. Thank you very much. Is that 21 again? Mm, more than twice, unfortunately. <laughs> Touch his life. Right, awesome. Jeez, I've I've just gone. We've just had a little pee break there, folks, and uh, I've gone outside. It's so cool outside this office. I've come back in here. It's twenty nine degrees in here at the moment. Is Jesus it? Christ! I might open my windows again to see if the, the planes have stopped. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Yeah. Right, we might have to pick the pace up here because there's quite a few. Okay, questions yeah, yeah, we've got lots to get. So I've just realised how long we've been going. Yeah, I know it's not two hours now at the moment. I know, love me. <laughs> Right, next one. Uh, cheers, Lee. Thanks for those questions, pal. Next one, Paul Creasy. Hi, both. Two great channels that have provided me with hours of entertainment. Thanks very much, man. That's very good. Questions yes, for Tony. You. Question one. Yeah. You've reviewed lots of gear over the episode, but is there one favourite that if the manufacturers wanted all the gear back, you would insist on buying? Ooh. Yes. And that would be... Uh, my ultimate hearing protection custom molded earplugs. Right. Uh, absolute revelation to me. I've got very narrow ear canals, apparently, which their audiologists told me. Um, and I'd suffer from, I used to listen to a lot of loud music when I was younger, um, nightclubs and bass bins and all sorts of stuff. So my hearing is not the best. Um, and... Uh, I've struggled, always struggled with foam earplugs. I could just never get them in. I'd okay. squish them in, get one in, and it was always my left ear. I'd get it in, and I'd go, that's great. And after about 15, 20 minutes on the bike, it was like my ear was going, puff, 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 and spitting it out, and it would just sit there, and it wouldn't do anything. <laughs> and then I met the guys, and I met uh, the guy from Ultimate Hearing, whose name is Dave. Met him at a show and was talking about that. And I said, I really need to get some stuff done and, and what have you. And then he discovered I had the YouTube channel and he was like, Well, we'll we'll do you uh, we'll do you a deal. Actually, I did pay piece, but I didn't get it for free. He said, But we'll do you a deal if you want to kind of mention them. So I was like, Great. And I did a, a video showing the process of having the moldings taken, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they have just for me revolutionized uh riding in the sense of just they they fit perfectly, they do the job. Um, and I never go. I never go anywhere without them. So are they? Are they yeah, just that would be the one plugs? thing that I would happily um, cough up my own money for. 
um, time and time again. All right. Are they are they just earplugs or are they monitors as well, like speakers? Uh, they do various ones. So the ones I've got are the the, the squidgies. Well, I've got a couple of pairs actually. Now I've gone on to so I've got like squidgies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got two types. These are ported. I've got ones that are unported. These are ported, so they let a little bit more sound through. And then I have got a set with a, an auxiliary plug on, which I can plug into a comms unit. Mm-hmm. So I've got them as monitors as well. And again, that's fantastic because what you tend to find is you put those in and then you turn your comms up to yeah. hear it and it kind yeah. of defeats the object. Yeah. So having molded earplugs that block out that a lot of that background noise mm-hmm. or a lot of the wind noise, but then still have a, a feed in for the comms units. You can turn the comms unit down to one or two and you can still hear perfectly. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they're but that, for me that that's the one that's the one piece that's the, where I thought the question was going earlier on and that's the one thing that I think has just been the best accessory that I've ever had and used. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a bit like you. I'm I'm definitely noticing I'm starting to go deaf. I've I've had a number of different sort of earplug things provided over the years and uh, it's my own fault, but I, I very rarely ever wear them, to be honest. Because a, a lot of the time when I'm out when I'm out reviewing bikes, I want to hear the engine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I want to be hearing it. So I just well, don't the wear big, them. biggest problem I find is actually when I'm wearing them, I talk louder. So if I've got a mic in the helmet, if I haven't got it, I've got a good I've got a good internal monitor of how loud I'm talking. Mm. And with the earplugs in, I tend to find that I'm talking at the same level that I to hear myself and actually it's peaking on the on the audio, the audio because i'm yeah, talking yeah. too loudly yeah so i've had to kind of rein that in a bit uh paul's got a second question given the mm-hmm. choice of any one bike for everyday use and weekend fun what would be in your garage well we kind of covered that earlier didn't we We kind of covered that yeah it would be africa twin or or super duke car or mm, Get another Honda, and I never thought I would be a, a, a Honda fan necessarily. I don't have any affiliation to any brand really, but the CB1000R, I think, is okay. a is a phenomenal road bike as well for a bit of everything. Not it's really. not as sharp and as, as aggressive as some, but in terms of neutral handling, smooth engine, comfortable, yeah, that's a that's a really good one too. I had a big list in with with Honda actually for this year, and. Um... They started. They gave me the NT eleven hundred, and I've never had anything else from them since. So oh, I really? I don't know if they're, I upset anyone with that or not. No, I think I think uh, no. Same. I think they've been under pressure a little bit with um, with stuff. I know they just they just did the adventure roads. So they took uh, so the, there's the Honda Adventure Roads. So you can basically sign up and they do a tour and they did ten days around Iceland. Mm-hmm. And as a punter, you cough up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. whatever it was, two and a half, three grand. But they fly you out there and then they provide the bike and they can provide you with the kit. And then they mm-hmm. kind of, you go on the tour and they take your luggage with you and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So it looks, like, it's, it looks yeah. like a really good, apparently quite a challenging route as well. Um, watching some of the videos online, some of the river crossings were were, were quite tricky by the looks of it. Um, but that, I was just talking to uh, a guy from Honda, Last week, I think he said they took 46 Africa twins out to Iceland. Jesus. So he said it's like cleared out basically all of the press fleet in the UK and Europe and a couple of other places, and they've pulled some in from dealers, I think, to, wow. um, 
to, to get that done. That's I mean, that's a massive undertaking, isn't it, to get that many bikes out there? Just a bit. Wow. Bloody hell. Um, right. We, next question is from Colonel Bullen. Sorry, I was just pre-reading that. Um, I think it's similar. What a great que- uh, what a great guest, Bruce. Question for you both. If you Thank had you. to choose two bikes, one for everyday use as a workhorse and one for weekend fun, what would they be? Okay, so two, not just one, two. Uh, without risk of sounding boring, it's probably going to be an Africa twin for the for everything and a Super Duke car for fun. I'd join you on the Super Duke car and I'd have the GS for GS, yeah. the work. See, I've not spent that much time. Actually, I've not. I've hardly ridden a GS actually. BMW, one of the group, one of the um, brands that I hadn't done anything with, and then I kind of got the opportunity to do something, and they were going to give me an R18 for a week mm-hmm. or so. Um, and it just something happened with my diary, and I had to sort of say, I'm really sorry, I can't now pick that bike up on that date. Uh, um, and it might just be a coincidence, but subsequently nothing's ever happened since then. I'm the, um, I'm the same, to be honest. I I hear nothing from BMW anymore at all. I think the last one I did was the R18, and that's probably why I've never heard from them again. All right, okay. Uh, they do. They, BMW at the moment seem to strike me as somebody that's that's definitely aiming at the younger market, and they're yeah, yeah. they're going to a different. Yeah, that makes sense. Sort of, and yeah. and there's there's you know I'd love to spend. I've I've ridden a, a GSA for a little bit. And that was I did a training course, like a advanced machine skills, I think it was called, on a, on an airfield. Mm-hmm. And one of the instructors had a GSA that he just picked up. And then at lunchtime, I was kind of nosing around the bike, and he was like, well, "If you want to go and take it around the airfield while we're having lunch, go and have a go and have a, a spin on it." And after getting used to it, feeling like a skidoo. Because it was just, I'd never ridden anything that was that Big. wide before. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Um, and I, I loved it and I've never spent more time on it. But there's an element of me saying, well, I could get a GS, yeah, I could ask BMW for a GS and I'd probably be happy with some content. But there's, there's nothing I can add that nobody's ever not said about the GS before. Mm. Oh, I, I get extent. that. Yeah. No, I get that. But then it's somebody else that's given their 10 pence worth, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. It'd be and interesting well. from, from from a non-GS fan mm-hmm. to actually spend some time on it would be probably an interesting uh, yeah. an interesting view of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's not for everybody. It's 100% it's not for everybody, you know. Like, no. It's again, it's another one of those bikes that it, it, I think they're I mean, they're they're the top sellers as they are for a good reason. It's mm. it, it is a very good bike. It's another bike that I look at and it doesn't really Make me salivate when I look at them. No, oh, no, I get that. Yeah, um, there's better the All the KTM's largely, I love them, but I, and I've no, I've not ridden a KTM that I've not absolutely, really thoroughly enjoyed riding. Mm-hmm. But I still don't like looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> See the 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 super two cars. Super Duke car is the exception to me. That bike makes me turn around and look at it. It does. It'd just be nice if they did it all. Well, the blue was quite nice. I think that they did on yeah. that. Yeah, um, but it'd be quite interesting to do. One thing I did do, I had a a, um, a uh, eight ninety Duke standard, not the R, and that came with an Acra, and it was in the black, so it had very minimal colouring on it. Mm. And actually, that bike I think looks quite nice in that colour scheme. <laughs> it's just that waspy sort of headlight yeah. that I'm not that keen on. Yeah, I know what you mean. Right, next one, Louise. Sorry, who was that? That was Colonel. Thanks, Colonel. Cheers for that, pal. Next one, Louise Warsfold. Evening. Two questions. 
Time travel's been invented, and you can go back to any time period you want with the knowledge and skills you possess today. Which one are you choosing, and what part of history are you changing? I love these type of questions. That's a great question. Yeah. If I was thinking of a personal gain, I'd just go back to kind of mid eighties. When I was a kid, I had an encyclopedic knowledge of football. Right. And this is a little bit kind of back to the future, but I just go back to a point where I can place loads of bets um, <laughs> on on the most obscure things. Um, yeah, history is, yeah, I, I, history is one of my things that I really like. And there's so many time frames to go to. Uh, for me, it would probably be medieval London. Oh, yeah. I think that's there's something I used to work in London. I've always been interested in the growth and history of London. My mother's family are all East London people. Um, and that for me, that kind of period of time, 15th century, 14th, 15th century, kind of around then would be what would be. I'd love to be able to just go back and walk the streets of London at that period mm. just to 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 um, to experience that. A brutal, a brutal period in history, oh, though. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, very in, incredibly difficult. I think we'd be lucky to last a week before we just crumbled of disease. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's bad enough if you go to a. It's bad enough staying at a Premier Inn for a couple of nights. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's going back to to that, but yeah, that for me that would be the thing that I'd really love to see. Um, what life was like, and and I, I kind of like you know moving out of that into. Um, a lot of my relations or a lot of my ancestors worked on the river, on the Thames yeah. in, the, in the sort of 19th century, early 19th century to mid 19th century. And they lived in a very poor part of Limehouse. Kind of where they lived was on, you know, coloured in black on the Booth's property map, on the right. Booth's uh, poverty map. Um, so I kind of like to go back to that. There's something about that um Sort of East End docks kind of area of in yeah. the in the in the eighteen fifties that I think is interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't I know if you've that. seen this. I don't know if you've seen the series Taboo. No. With um, so that was set in a similar time. It's got Tom Hardy and it plays a character. And there's um, you know, you got the East India Company that are all powerful, and and there's a lot of that, and that's kind of set in that period. So that's 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 quite interesting. Hmm. What about <sighs> It's a difficult one because there's lots of periods in history that I'd like to go back just to see, you know, just to just to be a bit of a voyeur and just sit there ancient and look, Rome. as you just said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, ancient Rome. I'd love to go back to the Highland days. I'd love to go back to prehistoric days and see the dinosaurs. But this one, going back with the skills and knowledge you possess today, I think, I don't think there's any, there's no point historically that I'd like to go back in because I just think... I just think we've arrived at this amazing point in in human history where we we're capable of so much, so many amazing. There's horrible things going on, but we've got amazing stuff going on. Yeah, and yeah. I wouldn't want to do anything that mucked that up. No, exactly. So I think, yeah, it's an intro. I didn't really think of that. I was just thinking about points in history that I go back to. I didn't really think about that question fully the in terms of going back with the knowledge yeah. and skills that you've got to change anything. I think for me, just just on a personal basis. I would like to go back to me in my late teens in my rugby days just to go knuckle down at it, put another five years in and see where you go. Because I, I know now I was at, I was at a, a good level in those days and I think I, I, I could have gone further than what I did. And I, 
I kind of regret just taking the easy option and beer and woman. You know, I, I, yeah, I wish I'd just carried point. on a, and knuckled down. There's lots of points in time that uh, if you go back to and have a word with yourself and just go, yeah. actually, if you just do that. Yeah. I'm just going to shut the windows again because no it's dramas. Noisy. Uh, Louise has a second question. Okay, Louise. What's the worst bit of kit or product you've been asked to review and have you re- refused? Yeah, that, well, the blower one, the blower jacket wow. was probably the worst, I would say, yeah. in that. Um, generally, though, because not many, some companies approach you, as you will uh, vouch for, I'll get three or four emails a week from somebody in China or India Oh yeah, that wants me to review a cycling helmet or mm-hmm. uh, I've got one about a watch company. We think you're such a great, we've, we've been watching your channel. We think you're such a great fit. And we've got these cosmetics, which we think would be ideal. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? I haven't oh, worn a watch fitness for about kit, four years. Fitness clothing. And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. And they're just obviously the spam or whatever it yeah. might be. But yeah. generally, the, 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 um, for me, it, the, the approach will come from me. So I'll see something that looks interesting and I'll approach the company and go, this is what I do. This is what I've got if you're interested in having some kind of content around this, I'd be more than happy to, 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 to look at that and then have a chat. So generally that's why there's never anything that's hugely negative because most of the stuff that I review is stuff that I've got an interest in. Yeah. Got you. So I'm kind of, I'm already thinking, and sometimes you get surprised by things you think are good and, and, and they don't turn out to be not so good. Or there's logistical issues. I've got a Shoebeth, first ever Shoebeth helmet I've reviewed. Sat here, Shoebeth C5. Um, their Shoebeth sizing's not quite right for me, so I need a thinner lining. The helmet's incredibly uh, customizable in terms of the linings and everything you can put in. Shoebeth don't have any of those linings. So I've had oh, really? the helmet sitting here for about three months. And just with the supply chain issues, they just can't get the, the yeah, extra yeah, yeah. linings in. So I've not done anything with it. So it will go on my head, but after about half an hour, I've got a headache. And all I need to do is shave, you know, put the three millimeter thinner yeah. skull cap in and it'd be spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's issues like that from time to time. But, um, yeah. Never tried a shoe off myself. No, I hadn't. It was only that I bumped into a guy at the NEC and I was looking at them and we were talking and, and I gave him my details and it turned out that the person I was talking to is the PR guy from the distributor uh, who instead of saying, oh, well, yeah, go away, he was like, oh, actually, let's let's do something. Um, he'd had a look at my – I like doing helmet reviews and one of the things of all motorcycle gear, helmet reviews are the things that I kind of – I really enjoy doing. It's something about crash helmets that I've all, mm. as, since I was a kid I've always – like them for some reason um and um and so i quite like doing the reviews and i think subsequently because i enjoy doing them i think the content is better um than than on some of my other stuff and so it does it's become you know quite quite uh, um your thing become your thing yeah it's my, one of my things so and and thankfully the numbers are good enough to back that up so there's a couple mm-hmm. of 70 80 100,000 view uh, helmet reviews wow. um and so that kind of works and it was just pure luck that the person I was speaking to at the show happened to be the main guy in charge of that and was like okay well we'll get one out to you and you can do your stuff with it but really 
it's just it's the way it goes, isn't it? It's, you yeah, yeah. Meet the right person at the right time, and absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it, as you said, it's getting it's getting the person that makes the decision, isn't it? It's getting yeah, to it's the, that, yeah the economic buyer is the person yeah, you need yeah. to find. Right, next one. Average bikers in a cave. All right, boys, how you doing? Evening, fellow cave dweller Tony and Bruce. <laughs> Loving the channel. Our two-part question is this: You both review a lot of products, not just bikes. What is the product that has most surprised you? Okay, it's another angle on that then. Most surprised me. Mm. Either positive or negative. Um, I'm just thinking more recently. Most no more most surprised you. The, uh, the that Merlin Chigwell light jacket, I think, surprised me. Mm. Um, I'm not. I've worn tried mess jackets in the past, and nothing as flowed air quite as well as that has right and also to have i'll caveat that by saying to do that and have the safety rating that it's got yeah yeah it's double a jackets uh b single b or something and and yeah Mm. but to the point that i i I had it a few weeks ago when we first started getting the warm weather and uh uh, i went out for a drink a friend of mine had had lost a friend actually had had a heart attack and he was in he was in a bit of a dark place so i said well we'll go for a ride and we'll just go we'll find a nice country pub out in suffolk and we'll have a nice ride out and it was kind of mid-20s and i put this thing on with a t-shirt underneath and it was absolute bliss um coming home once the sun had gone in (laughs) and the temperature dropped about 17 degrees I was absolutely frozen by the time I got back. And it made me realise that actually there's not not many jackets that I've done that have, that have done that. So in terms that surprised me, I think, in just how well it flowed out and still offered a double A protection. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think for me, the more surprising it's gonna be this. Um the, the Insta One X2. Okay, yep. Yeah. The 360 camera, because I used the Insta One X originally, and it was okay, but I just wasn't massively impressed with it. Yeah. Oh, you've got the new one. Ooh. I think it's not the new one. This has got, just got lens guards on it. Oh, is that all it is? That's the One X2 then, is it? That's the One X2. Gotcha. It's got yeah, lens, yeah. but you probably can't see, because this won't focus in enough. So focus. Oh, it's you've grey. Yeah, yeah. big greys across the top there. This is the second one. That's the So I've... One, I ground the corner off completely because yeah. I had it out, forgot yeah. about it, went around the corner and went, Ugh. yep, and ground that off. And I had a one R, which just got that fell off the back of a gold wing and got completely trashed. Yeah, I've learned two things lens guards and tethers. Yeah, I've got to admit, I don't use the tether and I, I need to, I need to start using tethers, but um, I've only ever lost a camera once. Actually, no, that's bollocks. Twice. Once I never, once was in Morocco and I didn't even realise it come off. And the second time I, I did know it would come off and I managed to get the camera back. Ah, okay. but, um, yeah, I, I find that new 1X2, I yeah. think that's a fantastic camera. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's got the best battery life. It's been 100% reliable so far. I don't use it for any audio. I just use it as a B-roll camera. And it's yeah. it's great. You get some cracking angles with it. So yeah, yeah, it's great, good all round to put on a handlebar and know that yeah, actually I don't need to have I can just put that on and I don't need two cameras. So if mm. something happens, I can capture it wherever it is. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, doing yeah. it in post. The other thing, so just thinking back to the ones that have been uh, that have surprised in a disappointing way is this. That's the GoPro Volta. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is a grip that I bought because I thought I need a grip because if we're going to start vlogging, 
That's great. I can control it from here. I can plug it in. Fantastic stuff. Only to discover that if you're using a media mod, you can't plug it in. Well, you can oh, plug it in, but it doesn't. You can't control it with a, with a media mod. And I wanted right. to use a media mod because the media mod has got a decent microphone on it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Coming to camera, I want that. I want the mod. I want the 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 microphone. But this, when you plug it in, will charge this. But you can't use any of the operations. You have to use a Bluetooth, and then subsequently you don't kind of you're using Bluetooth, so you're using more batteries and. So like, it wasn't expensive though, whatever they are, 80 quid or something, but mm. I've kind of got it and it's now like I could have just bought a plastic handle and put a camera on the top. Yeah. I bought the I bought the DJI uh, Pocket 2, you know, the, the second generation Pocket. Mm. I bought that. That's brilliant. I use that as a little vlogging camera. That's I've got the DSLR up there, like an old yeah. an old DSLR, but I never use that anymore. I just use no. the little DJI. It's great, great bit. Yeah. I've got Wireless a Fender Fend- Fend- is a filmmaker. Who who was asked to pitch for an advertisement, um, and I, I was allowed to say what brand it is, and uh, to film an advertisement for Mitsubishi cars. Mm-hmm. It's a big customer. He made a, a show reel, and he did it entirely on one of those little DJ DJI DJI's yeah, gimbaled yeah. cameras. Yeah, and just because he's good at color grading and he's good at editing, and he put that mm-hmm. in front of them, and he got the job for a big. Mitsubishi Probably. TV commercial, and they were like, "This is you've just blown us away." And <laughs> he didn't have that. He didn't want to tell them. He'd just done it on a three hundred quid kind of tiny little consumer camera. Yeah, yeah, not like a red. <laughs> no, exactly. No big like airy kind of. Uh, he was just like done that, and it's just the difference of knowing what you're doing with it and being able to do the everything else behind it. He said that they, he used it a lot. He said they're fantastic things. Yeah. Yeah, great. I'm only, I'm, I don't know if you're the same, but I literally scratched the surface of the capabilities of kit, like drones and 360s and yeah. Yeah, even the GoPros. Just Yeah, I, I got I got sucked into buying the drone and I've used it twice. I've, I, I use my drone quite a lot, but I don't, I don't use it. I don't use it for the, occasionally I'll use it for the big cinematic shots, you know, that, that, are in the showreel but most of mine are just for you know circular shots of a bike when I'm doing a bike review yeah, yeah, or just exactly. setting the scene if I'm away on a trip it's just I, I found with drone footage certainly in the bike sector less is more yeah yeah you only need a few seconds don't yeah. you at, at most yeah um, you've yeah, got like 20, 30, 20 30 seconds of drone footage and you what you look at your viewer attention and it just drops <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's not it's not interesting I, I bought it with it and I've kept hold of it because I thought if I start to do a bit more travel and go to places, it'd be nice to get it up to get a view of where you are. Yeah. But in my everyday, my, in my head, I was going to write, I bought, I bought the DJI Mavic Air 2. Yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah. I was like, well, that can track me and it's got sensors and I can put it on and I can ride and it can follow me. No, I don't do that because if I'm on a bike that's not mine or what am I going to do with a controller I haven't yet found a way of really mounting that strategically on the bike and it won't track you either <laughs> and then you go riding away and you're like I'm always like where? where's the camera there's, there's a thousand pounds in the air there Yeah. Where, where is it where is it where is it and then it's just like it's too stressful I'm just going to not bother yeah I, I want the Skydio too that's what I want but it's not it's not legal in the UK yet but it's amazing fully autonomous drone oh really absolutely I mean, it's so good at its tracking. The US military 
use it. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> and they've weaponized them. You know, this this yeah. thing is shit up. Locks on, and it will fall, and it totally flies itself. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can yeah. Fly, you can ride through a forest, and it will follow you, dodging the trees as it goes. Jesus it's Christ, incredible. That that's not good. Nuts. Yeah, that might be worth looking at at some point. But yeah, I even went to the stage of because this is as you know, the air two is heavier. And the problem is, as part of the world where I live, there's tons of airfields because mm-hmm. it's East Anglia. There's loads of World War II airfields yeah. which yeah. are still kind of summer in use, and there's lots of little grass strips. So I would go out and I think, oh, I'm going to film a bit here, and I get my little app out, and I'm like, oh no, I can't fly a drone there. And I do, and I'm you know, I'm only 15 minutes away from, well, 15, 20 minutes away from Stansted Airport, yeah. and that's got massive kind of circle around it. So I'm constantly, oh, I can't use it there, can't use it there. So I did the training, got my license, and did all that kind of business. Um, and then it's subsequently, it's just it stays in the bag in the cupboard behind me. <laughs> and it's all changed now. It's nine ninety nine. It's like a twenty minute online course now. Bosh done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I well, I, I didn't. I, I don't think I paid much more than a hundred quid anyway, to, mm. to be honest. But um, yeah, it was it was good to do because it taught me quite a lot about yeah. the usage of them and, and stuff like that. But I just haven't. It, it just came from the point where I'd stop somewhere and I think, well, there's a quiet road. I can use it here. Actually, no, I can't fly it because I'm in somebody's airspace. Mm-hmm. And I just get to the point where I was like, actually, I'm struggling to find anywhere where I can put it up in the air legally. Yeah. I just won't bother. But I, I I mean, a lot of the time, it's less than 20 feet up now, and it's generally yeah. about 20 feet away. So I can still use it anywhere, really, for mine. It's just, you just override it, and as long as you don't go above that ceiling, you're all right. You, you're yeah. okay. You yeah. I, should, I should probably spend more time doing it, but um, mm. I just, that's one of the things. Right, next one of Average Bikers in a Cave. What is the one accessory you couldn't live without? Did we not have we not done that before? Yeah, earplugs for me, custom earplugs. earplugs. That's right. Yeah, we did. We did do that one. Cheers, boys. Thank you very much for your questions. Uh, Next one, Adam Shand. Question to both. Quick but very important. It says a lot about the type of man that you are. Scrunch or fold? I don't pre-read these at all, Tony. So, scrunch. I'm, I'm assuming that's toilet paper. Scrunch or fold? Uh, well, well, I kind of fold it and then scrunch it. I mean, I, what he does That's not a bizarre scrunches. thing. I, I use too I much toilet paper. Yeah, I do. There's an in, there's an in, there's an insight into my life. <laughs> but I I grew I grew up in the period uh, I grew up in the seventies where you used to have that horrible shiny tracing paper. Oh, toilet the paper grease proof paper. Yeah, yeah. That, that never never. All it did was smear it somewhere else. Yeah. I remember that from primary school. Terrible yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, so the luxury of nice toilet tissue. But uh, yeah, good question. But I kind of fold and then scrunch it a little bit. I don't get scrunching. I mean, I, what? I don't what get say scrunching. scrunch it. It's not like I just I kind do. of. No, I'm like origami. I'm, I fold, fold and fold and fold. No, okay, fair enough. Anyway. That's, an, that's a vision to leave you with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second last patron question. Tony Hannum. Hi, guys. Hope you're both well. This question is for both of you. Have you reviewed an item that seemed to be good at the time, but then turned out to be crap? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, there is something. And I'm struggling to... Well, the the ghost is one thing that you you say. You pull it out of the box and go, hey, yeah, oh, this is good. And then you look at the footage when you get back and go, "Mm, okay. Yeah. The hype was amazing, wasn't it? The PR and hype around it was awesome. Yeah. No, I can't really think of anything that. 
Bell Bullet Helmet. That's well, that's one. Looks great. When you look at it in terms of the retro styling helmets, they were really early into that marketplace. Yeah. But, and I persevered with it for a long time, but the reality is it's like riding around with a plastic bucket on your head. <laughs> if it doesn't fit you, it's awful. Okay. I can't think Sorry, of anything. Bell. That's the end of that. No more Bell reviews. Yeah, yeah, that's the end of that. Yeah, we might have <laughs> killed a few relationships in this one. Yeah, exactly. um, I I can't think of... I can't think of anything that, apart from the ghost, the ghost 4K, I think that's been the only thing where I've been really excited about getting it. Excuse me. And then once it's turned up, has been a total letdown. I don't think there's anything else. No, I can't think of anything that's, think of. that's been that much of a letdown, really. That um, No. Uh, Bike-wise, there was the... I love the Sinus Terrain 125. I love that little bike. Great fun. And then they were bringing out the 380. So I said to them, please, because my, my 125 vids did really well. And I was like, please, can I can I get this 380 when it comes out? I was so excited. And then it it just missed the mark massively for me personally. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. Did, did you find... Did you... I don't know if you're in the same opinion as me, that I thought... The gear ratios for fourth and fifth are identical. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd switch from fourth gear at 5,000 revs and it'd go into fifth gear at 5,000 revs. Yeah. And it'd stay the same. You're like, well, nothing's changed. I'm sure that whether it was just my bike, it seemed like the gear ratio between fourth and fifth was no different. From what I remember, it was like in sixth gear by 30 mile an hour. Like it had nothing. You you, you worked your way through the gears really quickly. And then I, I think from what I remember, it just felt like there was nothing. You know, you just... I bet you could get to 80 mile an hour, but that, yeah, yeah, that was it. Whereas the little yeah. one, two, five, you screamed the nuts off it the whole time. And it was part of the, it was part, part of the fun. And I just thought the 380 would be a usable road bike. No, it wasn't. No, yeah. I looked at the, I looked at that and I thought this would be interesting compared to the KTM 390 adventure. Mm-hmm. And they are light years apart. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last one of Patreon, Pete Morris. Cheers to that one, Tony. Uh, Pete Morris, what is the best UK road you would recommend to write? Oh, we've had this on the podcast before. Go on, then. best UK, UK road. road. Yeah, there's a there's a lot for me. There's a lot around me. I can rattle off B road numbers, which probably won't mean anything to anybody. But the ten fifty one, ten fifty three, ten sixty one. Oh wow! All good B roads, twisty. Um, there's a road that runs from, um, and I think that is the 1053 from Thaxted in Essex out towards Bishop Stortford mm-hmm. or Stansted Mount Fitchett, which is the route I take when I'm going to the gold top shop at the weekends. And that's just, that's got a bit of everything in it. Right. Um, so those are good. Um, and anything up around the North Norfolk coast, I really like. I did that recently, did that a couple of weeks ago or well, last week to for a video. Um, for one of the seat cushions, comfort air seat cushion. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and I, I missed was, the boat I, with them. It's a it's a but it's a it's a route I wanted to take, and I had one to try. And um, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll go up to Louth. I went up to Cadwell Park, yeah, or stayed in Louth, but I went around the East Anglian coast. So instead of going straight up, I went out towards Ipswich and then hugged the coast as close as I could, mm-hmm. all the way out through Suffolk, North Norfolk, round to the Wash, then up to Skegness mm-hmm. and across. And it uh, in the end, I think I did 300 
120 miles in the first day and it took me nine over nine and a half hours yeah yeah yeah. because nice. i stayed off the main roads and I was stuck on the little ones um there are some fantastic roads all up around cadwell all up in lincolnshire there's some stunning yeah. roads up there yeah particularly if you come out of cadwell park and turn left and yeah. you go down the hill yeah. And that road out into the walls is just that's phenomenal as well. But I imagine that there's going to be, I was taking it easy because I thought if I was a police officer with a speed camera, I would be sat on this road. Do you know what? I was up there, I was up there for two days doing the California Superbike School recently. And I yeah. was I was in a hotel. I can't remember I can't remember where the hotel was, but you came out of Cadwell and turned right up that yeah. way. And it was up that neck of the woods, about half hour away. The Brackenborough Hotel. Mm-hmm. Might have been. I can't remember. Probably the closest one to there. I think that's where I stayed. Nice. It's about half hour away. Quite big, posh sort of mansionese type house. A bit a big old fashioned house. One of them. Okay. Set, no, well, set it right no. off the road. I think um, I know what you mean. And and the roads were stunning. And I I have I don't think I've ever, apart from on the continent I don't think I've ever seen so many bikes out for a ride in the evening. Mm. It was just people out riding, having a great time. Didn't see a single yeah. copper in two days at all. No. It was awesome. Loved it. I'd move up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's loads. Of, I think that's the thing. There's loads of places, isn't there, that are, are nice to ride. But for me, spending day in day out, there's a lot of the B roads around uh, around the Essex, Suffolk countryside that are, yeah, for me, perfect. West Scotland for me. Uh, I've had I ha- we had this question with Simon Weir, um, Simon Weir on, and um, the sort of West Scotland up through Sutherland, sort of Malig up, Ullapool up. I just yep. love all up there. There's not many roads, but no, no, and, I, and that's fantastic. the one thing I've not, I've not spent. I used to work for a Scottish company, so I've been up there a few times. But it would be the same. I'd either fly up or get the train up, and I'd go to Aberdeen or I'd go to Edinburgh or I'd go to Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I once we went to Loch Lomond. I managed to play golf at Loch Lomond, which was quite, and played golf at Turnbury, which was fantastic. Is that like Loch days, Lomond? Loch Loch Lomond, yeah. In the days when I. <laughs> In the days when I uh, uh, when I used to play golf, um, and that was nice. But I've never I've never ridden up there really, and that's that's something I've been trying to to change. And I like to go up there and do some exploring, not necessarily the NC five hundred, but mm. uh, we're not following that route. But a lot of those roads, There's awesome, yeah, across some places, fantastic like that, roads. Places that people say you need to go and you need to go and do that. I'm 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 doing a tour up there with um, some punters and Simon Weir actually in in August. Can't wait. Really oh, looking right, forward nice. to it. Love it up there. Any the midges? Right. Uh, that's the only problem, isn't it, with Scotland? The the rain and the midges. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, you know, it's worth it once you're up there. Yeah, right, exactly. folks. Thank you very much for all your questions over in the clan on Patreon. We'll move across. Uh, do you still have some time, mate? There's probably about another twenty minutes. Worth. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Cool. Uh, so we'll move across to Instagram, which is at teapot1insta. And obviously, I'll leave all Tony's uh, social links and everything down below. So make sure you give him a follow and a like. Thank you. First one uh, Piston Pinup, Marta. Question okay, for Tony. Yeah. What is the funniest compliment he got from bike followers? The funniest compliment? Oh, Jesus. I don't get many. Um, uh <laughs> I did get a DM once from a guy who was hitting on me, um, which was quite He wasn't asking for your clothes, was he? No, he wasn't asking for my clothes. He just messaged me. It was quite strange. He messaged me just to say, uh, I think you're quite an attractive man. I hope you don't find that a problem. Wow. To which I responded, well, no, I don't find that a problem. That's not the way I'm It's a compliment. doesn't mean that. It's not something I like. Um, I, I don't know. I get a lot. Marta normally comes up with a few. 
<laughs> herself. So um I thought it was just me. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, uh I don't know. I get a lot the trouble is you get so many weird um and I'm not sure if they're compliments or not. You get lots of YouTube comments which are just completely out there. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether they're compliments or not. You know, when you get the question, when you get a comment and you're not quite sure whether it is yeah. somebody having a go at you or somebody yeah. give paying you a compliment, oh, you just can't work time. out where from what headspace it's come. And it um, all depends what mood you're in as well, doesn't it? Like if you're in a good mood at the time, you can take it one way. But if you read it and you've got a cob on, you're not happy at the time. Yeah, yeah. Like I've I, I've bet a few times and people are like, whoa, no, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you do. I think it's very easy with YouTube comments to because you can't read the context. There's no you can't get any intonation of the of yeah. the comment. Yeah. It's I find it really easy to to take it as a negative. Uh-huh. When it's when it quite often it's not meant that way from the writer, and yeah, and I have to stop myself sometimes and go. Actually, I've checked the name out. This person is probably not writing in their first language. Yeah. So the yeah. way it's written might seem aggressive or or brusque, but it's not. It's just the. It's just the. Uh, it's like me trying to write something in in Portuguese. It would just be a nightmare. Gotcha. Um, she's got a second question most embarrassing motorcycle moment of your life uh, oh, a few crashing at the ABR festival <laughs> that wasn't but well, that wasn't really embarrassing um, you just went through some mud didn't you I just you went through some mud badly but I went puddle. through some mud uh, on my old uh, actually at a bike meet at my old Moto Guzzi V7 I stopped confidently kicked the side stand out not realising that there was a drain cover there Oh. And the side stand promptly went down the drain cover and the bike went down whilst there was lots of onlookers. Oh. Oh. That wasn't great. We've all done it, I guess. But I think I think one of, I think my most embarrassing, worst biking moment was my first ever Patreon meet, where bear in mind these people, these people allow me to do what I do full time. They're they're over half my income. So we had this meet up in the Lake District and all these people chose to come. And it was it was amazing. It was awesome, you know, to see a big wave of people coming. Yeah. We met up with everybody, stopped for some fuel, headed on out, and within 20 minutes I rear-ended somebody, like not within our group. I, I was leading and I went for the overtake. And just we're, as we're I went still for the talking over- about riding bikes though, yeah? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just as I went, just as I went to overtake him, he slammed on his brakes and I rear-ended him because he, he said there was a pheasant came out in front of him. <laughs> or he saw a pheasant in the road. So that was literally... otherwise I was gonna say that is quite a page that's quite a patron perk, isn't it? <laughs> well, me rear-ending <laughs> rear-ending people, yeah. That, that's what a, a level, level what a level of patron is that? That's a top level tier that folks. Top tier, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's the worst one for me, definitely. Cheers, Marta. Thanks for those questions, Paul. Thanks, Marta. Uh, next one, Paul Paul F zero eight zero seven. Looking forward to this. Does he still up? Does he still turn up at Gold Top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 the Gold Top Saturday boy. So are you there every weekend, or is it just every, every Saturday? Weekend, yeah, every Saturday and Sunday, generally, unless I get some time off, which isn't very often. But yeah, yeah. I went in there initially to help the guys to get the shop up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because I'd photographed all of the products, I knew all of the products and all the colours. I knew how they were manufactured. I knew kind of all the details that you would need to to sell it. Um, and so, 
you know, it was, and it's it's quite nice. I, I ride my bike in, I switch the coffee machine on, I put some music on, and I talk to people about bikes all day. Yeah. It's not a hardship. But yeah, I'm there pretty much every Saturday Sunday. I bet that's quite cathartic. That's quite a nice, just sort of chill out and enjoy the the bike experience. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's sometimes it's dead boring. Anybody that's worked in retail will know. Yeah. If you've got a day when you've got no customers walking through the door, there's only so much you can only so much you can do in the shop once you've restocked everything and rearranged everything. Yeah, it, it is what it is. But I've met some really nice people, some really interesting people. Mm. I've seen some really fantastic bikes. I've learned a lot. Um, in the time that I've been there, so yeah, it's good. Nice company, nice cut, nice guys as well. Great products. Little awesome. plug in there as well. <laughs> Absolutely, links down below and all that jazz. Yeah, um, I I really like I really like the social side of the whole YouTube thing. You know, like this yeah. becoming a like an influencer. I hate the word, but but becoming yeah, like an influencer. Anyway. I I really love the fact that that people come up and say hello and start chatting with you. I, I love all that side of it, but yes, I've got other, I've yeah. got other mates who, who don't, they're like, you know, not within our world, but they're like, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you spend like a half an hour or an hour just chatting with people you don't know. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I love it. It's just it's a yeah. great way to meet people. You've got a yeah, common you fantastic people from, do, yeah, you from do. doing that. And, and it's something that I, 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 I never did enough of early. I still probably don't do enough of it now in terms of, I think what I found is I, I, I approached, I think people didn't really get to know me as a personality because mm. the, 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 the reviews were quite flat in terms Not of personal. delivering the stuff. Mm. So I don't mm. think people really got to know me or, or my sense of humour, or any of that kind of stuff, which is which is something that I regret not trying to do more of earlier, um, and that's just something I need to work on. I, I recently set up a Patreon a, a Patreon page, okay, and I'd always kind of stepped away from it in the past and gone. It feels a bit like begging and blah blah blah. And it was only yeah. one person that actually when I asked people their opinion on it, and somebody said, "Well, actually, I don't buy any motorcycle magazines anymore." So I don't mind giving a couple of quid to the creators that I watch. Yeah, yeah, every month. And I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of get that. And I support people on on, on Patreon as well. Yeah, me too. Um, but um, I really need to kind of up my game on that and get benefits and stuff out yeah. onto that page. And it's just finding the time and getting the getting my head around doing that. It, it, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I only I have three it. patrons as it is anyway. So, <laughs> right. Well, I think you'll probably get a few more from this, mate. Genuinely, I, I, I think you will, because patron, patrons, the type of people who are not attracted to patron, but the type of people who embrace patron and actually support people on there, they then they tend not to just do one. I think I've got like seven or eight people that I'm a patron of. Um, And most people are the same, I think. Most people tend to chuck a couple of quid to various different people. So, of course, you get the vast majority just turn around and there's a small minority that go, I'm not paying for any old shit. I can get it for free, of course. And then you get other people that are just apathetic about it and and choose not to. That's, That's entirely theirs. But there is a percentage of people out there who who recognise the time and effort it takes and they, they want to, to help support you. So I'm yeah, sure yeah, you will, yeah. you will get some people off this. Sure. Yeah, that'd be good. And I've got some, I've got some bits in the pipeline, uh, actually talking to the guys that I've got um, who are patrons at the moment. So there's, there's lots of ideas for stuff that I'd never really considered in terms of bespoke content for them. So mm. one is a little potted history of, of me, a little tour of the man cave, 
you know, going through the process of, you know, how you put a video together. Yeah. All of those bits and pieces, you know, equipment that's being used. There's, 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 once you start thinking of it in that respect, I always struggled doing it previously because I thought, well, I don't know what I can offer that's, mm. you know, all of my time is going into just getting the content out onto the, onto the channel itself without having to do extra stuff for the patrons. Mm-hmm. But I'm now starting to think actually a lot of this can be really quick and dirty as well. And there's probably more appeal to having a, a genuine conversational piece to camera than the kind of a, a, a highly structured kind of edited kind of piece God, of video. You, you've got it there because I, I was exactly the same mindset as you and like, oh, I could do all this stuff. And then I just thought, well, I'm struggling to get a vid out a week as it is. I can't add to that. But then I'm, I am still thinking about the same sort of production effort for all the content. And as you said, it doesn't need to be that, does it? It could be real. Yeah, no, real, exactly. And, and it's, about, it's, it's about building that community. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to set up a Discord server, but, but that's, again, is like Discord. What the hell is that? I don't know. I've got Tony, to I'm all learned. What is it? I've heard this name banned. Well, it's just it. like it, it essentially becomes like a, uh, like your own sort of personal forum. So you can you can you can have like a, it's like your own little personal Facebook, I guess. You can post bits on there. People can ask you questions. You can do uh, voice notes and voice calls and mm. video chats as well and stuff like that. So, so instead of necessarily trying to do something yeah. on the Patreon, you can you can connect it to the Patreon platform. But instead of doing a live sort of YouTube thing or some kind of live stream, you can do that on Discord, as far as I'm okay. aware. So you can say to the guys, well, we're going to spend an hour or two hours on this night and questions and answers or we'll chat about something or whatever it might be. Um, and I think it's just an easier way of doing that than trying to to sort of you know, live stream on, on YouTube, which I tried to do once and it was a nightmare. So. I, I, I do, every couple of months, I do a clan-only, Patreon-only live stream on YouTube. We just did one Tuesday night, actually. And, yeah, there's always technical issues with it. Always. Pardon me. But I have, um, well, I didn't set it up, but a couple of a couple of friends on Patreon, they set up a private Facebook page just for, for Teapot One. Oh, okay. So we, we have our own little private Facebook page, which I suppose is exactly the same as, as Discord. You know, it's where people can post their own stuff and I can post stuff and people post questions. And Yeah, it's just a different platform. It's, it's just something I've never used. My son will help me because they have a Discord at university, which they they talk to their lecturers and it's just like an open forum. So if they've got an issue, they can go, well, instead of sending an email or having a WhatsApp, they can just go on and go, well, I've got this issue or I can't interpret this properly or whatever. Yeah. And they're all the fellow students and the lecturers and everything are on it. So it's kind of, um, and anyone can comment on, on the thread, so to speak. Yeah. It looks, yeah. Like that. Or you can break it off. You can, you can set up groups within it, I think, and various other bits and pieces, but it's one of those things that I don't really know enough about it. So I need to, it's the same with everything else. I haven't finished my website. I just need to find time to sit down and get my head around it. I'm an old boy. These, you know, that's the thing about not teaching old dogs new tricks is probably correct. Tony, we sound like brothers from another mother, mate. I mean, exactly the same boat. Like, I've, exactly, got, I've got the yeah, chicken yeah. strips website. Well, it's a trouble. Website. I need to work on the length of the beard yet, but I'm getting a bit thin <laughs> on top. There probably won't be long before I shave my head either. So. Uh, right, second last question on uh, Insta. Official Mr. Fish. Oh, here we go. What's he going to say? Okay. If it's cold and I only wear a T-shirt, is it possible to look me in the eyes? Yes, I have trousers on, Bruce. Right, what's that all about? 
I take never, it never possible to just look him in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was that came from the ABR festival. We were stood chatting, and uh, and and the poor chap only had a t-shirt on in the evening, and um, it was getting very cold. And um, there was um, he was complaining that he was uh, he was pointing at everybody. Was, was he able to cut diamond? Was he? Yeah, that's what was going on. Like chapel hat pigs. <laughs> he was moaning that he had to spend fifty quid on a fleece. So I'm assuming I'm assuming that's as a direct result of of that. Then I would imagine so. Yeah, the temperature drop. I just couldn't keep my eyes off them. <laughs> he's a good looking boy. He's working out. He's good looking. Boy. He's been he's been he's been working out at the gym now. He's pretty buff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those camera angles and lighting. God, work a charm. I think it's a suit. I think he's got one of those. <laughs> I think he's got one of those latex suits that he puts it's Photoshop. On. That's all it is. It's Photoshop. Is that what it is? Okay. Next one. Paul Jai, nineteen seventy-one. Lovely bloke. Ask Tony if he managed to get back on the saddle after his stint down Doggers Lane. All right, come on. <laughs> yeah, it, that was just disappointing. That was. That, it was not. It was just not what I was expecting. Um, that, that came from is a thing I posted on Instagram, and it's part of the video that I'm getting ready for next week, which is the the trip around East Anglia. And I was in it was Wells next to sea, you know, Wells and the North Norfolk coast. Yeah, I just left there, and I was trying to find my way. I was following a track on the on the Garmin. I was trying to find my way back onto the Blue Line, and I'd missed a couple of turnings, and then um, I spotted a what is a tiny little lane that runs up. It's just about wide enough for one car. Right. Uh, and I thought, well, I'll go up there. That looks like it comes out somewhere on the map. And as I turned into it, there's a signpost on the wall that says Dogger's Lane. <laughs> I thought, well, I need to go up there now. But unfortunately, maybe it was just because it was like mid-afternoon that there was no activity going on up there. So. so so Tony just happened to find this place called Dogger's Lane. Just just yeah, by yeah. accident found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah just right. by accident. It wasn't on an app or anything at all. It's just like <laughs> turned out everyone's like, all right, Tony, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, right, that's all the questions on Insta. Lastly, we're across to Facebook. Now, most of them on Facebook are just saying that they love the channel. Uh, Eddie knew it. That'll be another good one. Dale Hawks, he does some great videos and reviews. Gavin Webster, excellent. He can show you how to look after your beard. <laughs> Thanks. Cheers, Gavin. Yeah, there's, na- there's names I recognise a lot there, actually, from the comment. Dale Hawks is one is a regular commenter on my channel. He's a good lad, Dale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you do with your beard? It looks very, very well manicured. That. Uh, what do I do with it? Not a lot, really. Oh, it's short, I guess, which is by comparison. Yeah, mine, mine mine's a little bit out of control. Mine doesn't come down there. It's uh, yeah, it's getting, um, it's getting. What's the thing? I've got the wrong finger. Yeah, it's getting a bit grey. Um, but yeah, no, I well, a bit of beard oil now and again. What, what beard oil do you go for? Wash it with some shampoo, and I use uh, Layrite, which is uh, like a – they make a hair product, but they do kind of a nice – and it's um, like a balm. It's kind of half – it's like an oily wax, if that makes sense. Right. Well, I can recommend these people. Hang on. They are not a sponsor, but I've had John on the podcast. But they should Bro-beard. be. Bro-beard. 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 Brobier, okay. Scottish, Scottish, entirely yeah. natural, brilliant. I, I've used a lot of different. I'm just get, John. If you're listening or watching to this, I'm going to give you a little bit of a plug, mate. Um, I've used a lot of different beard oils uh, in my time, and this one's brilliant. It really is good. It sort of it. 
I've ne- I never thought I would say this. It gives volume to my hair, and it really does stop the itch. What, what is happening to us? What <laughs> Do you know what I mean? On? What's going on yeah. here? What has happened, Tony? What is happening? I don't know. That's yeah, the it's a definite. But it's interesting. My wife noticed. She she. Uh, I had a um, a friend of mine who was you know with the beard, and we were. I was talking to somebody else about beard oil, and he was taking the Mickey. He was getting beard oil. Oh, just you know. What he's going on about, and he was kind of really having a dig at us, and um, kind of half-heartedly with with uh, with a bit of fun, and um, uh, and it, it took a while for me to because he was like, "Oh, well, just wash it, you know," and you know, just what's wrong with shampoo? And it was only after a while that I kind of sat there thinking about, it, and I was like, oh, "Actually, you don't just wash your hair and not put any hair product in it, and it's the same thing." Uh, but I didn't think of it until too late. It was the thing. It was the hair thing. hair on a beard is totally different to the hair that's on your head. Exactly. That's the thing. So you like shampoo for your hair doesn't do the same for your beard hair that it does for your head hair. No. Plus you have all the issues with the uh, dry skin and everything that you yeah, get exactly. through yeah, your yeah. beard, which is why you use the beard oil and the beard shampoo. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll, have to check, I'll check them out. Bro beard, I'll check them out. My invoice is in the post, John. <laughs> <laughs> right, last question, because I, I really appreciate you spending almost three hours of your evening. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's, got, it's, got, it's gone like that, Bruce. Good, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Stuart Hill, I've seen some folk with dogs in a tank bag or others in a back box, but these have all been miniature or small yappers. As you're both well-versed in the biking world, anyone have any ideas on how to take a proper 30 to 40 kilogram dog on adventures? Would it be a bike trailer, perhaps? Something appropriate to suit a modern sports tourer. I've thought about this because my mutt, my mutt's a good 30-odd kilograms, and I've thought to myself be cool to get her out on the bike but i've got no idea how backpack. what about you backpack yeah two, you think I two, two legs around the side two legs over the top 30 kilograms yeah jesus yeah. uh thank you what's a big what kind of dog's that uh you're, you're talking 30 to 40 kilogram dog you're talking oh, like big alsatian and up uh, okay I say I don't have a dog, so um, my my I would go Ural sidecar, Ural sidecar. Yeah, yeah. I think for a big dog, I've seen a Great Dane in a Ural sidecar. I have. Yeah, yeah. In America, in America, there's no in America in the states. There's no restrictions. I think on on you know on having a dog or animals on your bike. So you can just have them sat on the back if you want. And I've oh, seen wow. in, in the States, there's a great Dane that just sits. In fact, there's even like a Husky as well. I've seen that. They just sit on the pillion seat with the hands over the the, the rider's shoulder. <laughs> I've seen them in, in, in sort of Southeast Asia where they have dogs just sitting in on the footboards of a, of a scooter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I don't own a dog. I've never owned a dog. So... Um, yeah, I'd have, I'd have to uh, yeah plead the silence on that one. So if, I, if I, it was me, the easiest thing would be to to put it, put it in a sidecar, which could be fun. But then running a motorcycle with a sidecar it doesn't appeal to me that much either. I'd like to yep. do it, but it, in in real terms, I think you get all the disadvantages of riding a bike and none of the advantages. Yes, no, you, no get the, you, you get open to the elements and. All the other problems, but you also have to sit in traffic. Yeah, I, um, I, I 100% agree with you. Although I've never ridden a sidecar yet, 
yet yeah. Mart. Mart, I know, I know, as my mate Mart is screaming because for the last four or five years he's been trying to get me out on his sidecar. It's going to happen, Mart. It will happen at some point. In fact, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have a go. I was looking at one of the Euro had one at the ABL festival. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But it looks like quite good fun, and I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd just like to have that experience, but um, not, not, um, not all the time. You want to drop uh, Matt and Reese a line, the sidecar guys. They've been on the podcast as well. They, okay, yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. guys you want to speak to because they've got they've got a Euro, a modern okay. Euro, and they do like experience days out on them and stuff. Like oh, that. right. Okay. I'm sure they'd love to have you along. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of their stuff, so yeah, that'd be definitely. Yeah, Stuart, definitely, mate. If it was me for a big dog like that, have to be the sidecar because you're not you're not going to ride like a hooligan when you've got your beloved dog with you anyway are you no. so all right having the missus or the other half on the back but but the dog you want to take it easy you don't want to damage yeah. your dog exactly yeah dude that's us gone through all the questions almost Perfect. 3 hours wow i wasn't expecting that many questions Brilliant. Fantastic. Mate, before we go, um feel free the stage is yours please plug anything that you want give any shout outs over to you no, I'm just, I, I, as I say, when we, we talked about it earlier on, I'm still blown away. It's easy to compare yourself with other people, but I'm still blown away by the number of people that choose to watch my videos or subscribe to the videos. Um, I get very little in the way of, uh, of, of negative, not negative feedback. I get very little in the way of trolls. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's uh, it, that's good. I get you get the odd one, and you always get a few idiots. But by and large, the people are really good, and there's a nice core of of people that come back every you know video. Even if it, and I appreciate even if the video content may not necessarily be uh, you know what somebody is interested in. Yeah, but you know I still get the people that take the time to to do that. So I'm really grateful for those people that do that. Um, it's easy to say, well, you know, subscribe to the channel and do all those bits and pieces. But I like, I'd like people just to take my content for what it is, and if they enjoy what's going on, then the more subscribers, obviously, the better. A few more patrons would be great, but other than that, I just want people to enjoy the the real mix and breadth of creators that are on the platform because um, there's you know some brilliant people out there. I don't even need to name all of them. Obviously, Bruce, you're one of those, but there's, <laughs> sure, I've been watching your you. stuff for years, but there's a lot of guys out there and girls, sorry. When I say guys, that's a catch-all for everybody. Um, but there's just tons of, of great content out there. And I think we're now really spoiled at the quality of of stuff that we can watch. And many of the channels and the videos you watch, the production quality is kind of where TV was 10 or 15 years ago. Absolutely. It's so and, um, good now, isn't it? Across the board, yeah. it's it's brilliant. And, it used to be like, that if you... Sorry to interrupt. It used to be no, that just like the there's not really any barriers. Mm. Yeah, yeah, if definitely. You, if you think of something, just do it, and it'll either work or it won't work. Yeah, totally agree with you. Uh, right then folks not much more I can say to that other than if you've not checked out Tony's uh, channel or social media please do give him the like the follow the subscribe all that jazz I'll leave all the links down below Tony thanks very much for spending the, the evening with us mate it's been an Lovely absolute thanks, pleasure Look yeah I really enjoyed it thank you, you very much pleasure absolute pleasure alright folks hope you've enjoyed it keep doing your thing please tell everybody you know about the podcast if you're enjoying it share it with everyone that you know keep doing your thing look after those that you love get on out there whenever you can but most importantly most importantly live your life woo spot on <laughs>